This week on How to Survive a Horror Movie, we discuss Cabin in the Woods, Paul loses his voice again, Harley forgets everything about her favorite movie, and Dawn is quiet but insightful. Hello and welcome to How to Survive a Horror Movie. My name is Paul Parnell. Hey, it's Harley. And I'm Don. And we, um, Don, tell us what this podcast does. In this podcast, we're going to talk about a movie and figure out who had the right idea in trying to survive this horror movie. All right, good, good stuff. Holly, what, uh, what, what movie did we watch? I think you know a little bit about it. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. My oh, friends, yes. we watched Cabin in the Woods. Which is your favorite movie, is it not? I think in terms of horror, yes. And it's also up there among just movies in general. I love this movie so much. So I do have to ask because of that, what is your actual favorite movie then? Is it like all time? Oh, God. Um, that's that's going to take some soul searching. We'll come back to that. <laughs> okay, cool. Is it the Don't Bratz be- movie? It might be the Bratz movie, honestly. You need to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Don, do you have a favorite movie of all time? No, I just I'm a glutton. I just love movies. I mean, it's it's usually the the biggest shiniest one that I saw recently. Really, I see. So you're still really hooked on um, Jason Goes to Hell. Honestly, I can't stop talking to my friends about it. So you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my favorite movie. Well, long story. So um, I used to really love. Um, oh, what was it? Uh, Tom Cruise is a Sam- Last Samurai. Um, now, I don't like Tom Cruise as a person, gonna put it out there, but um, I love him as an actor. Um, and Last Samurai is an amazing movie if you haven't seen it. Ninjas vs. Samurais, who could not love it? Um, then Blood Diamond, I saw, and Blood Diamond for about 10 years was my favorite movie of all time. That was stolen by Interstellar for a short period of time, and then A Quiet Place stole the title and is now my current favorite movie. <clears throat> So yeah, that's that's my long story of favorite movie-ish stuff. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> I'm probably going to cut that whole bit. That was really um, big of you to share these deep, dark secrets you have, that Interstellar was one of your favorite movies of all time. Hold on, hold on. You don't like Interstellar? No one does. Are you... I like you. Wait, hold up. No, wait, wait, wait. Which one was the one... Oh, no, no. I'm thinking of Gravity. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're, th- you're thinking Gravity, and that piece of no, shit can... No, no, no. Okay. Paul, I'm so no. sorry. Interstellar is fucking fantastic. Yes, it's amazing. Don, you can go to I hell. I was thinking of gravity. Jesus. <laughs> I, uh, I was honestly, and I do apologize. I thought you meant, I thought Zathura was uh, Interstellar. <laughs> <laughs> hey, are you dunking on Zathura right now? <laughs> Top 10 childhood movies? Oh, you mean Space Jumanji? Boom. <laughs> Boom. He, he, he's got it out there early. You you right. have listed the specific reason why it's so good. It's space Jumanji. <laughs> I was just fulfilling my role of uh, referencing Jumanji as He's, quickly he, and efficiently oh, as possible. Wow. He got oh, it wow. in there so quick. Oh, God. Um, get That's in, get on, get impressive. off. Get um, All right, so uh, let's just move on to this movie. How about that? Um, so, Cabin in the Woods, you introduced this to me, Harley, as your favorite movie, and you said it was a parody of horror movies. 
Mm-hmm. And that did not um, that did not uh, mesh with what I could see on the cover of the DVD because it looks like a creepy fucking movie. The DVD mm-hmm. cover looks amazingly spooky. Um, and then what I actually found it to be was somewhat a parody, but one that stands alone on its own story. And um, yeah, it wasn't at all what I expected. Um, without giving any um, without giving any any judgment calls. Uh, Don, was this movie what you expected it to be? Uh, at first, I thought it was just another um, take on the Evil Dead kind of mm-hmm. type story. and But the way it unfolded was like a Resident Evil 1 movie to me, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah, all right. Um, cool. So I'm going to give a quick synopsis. Somebody give me a scenario in which I only have two minutes to explain this um, this movie. What was a good scenario? A good scenario? Okay, 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 okay. You are at a club, and you're talking to this girl, but oh. you're about to get kicked out, and you're trying to tell her why she should watch Kevin in the Woods before the bouncer comes to get you. That was really specific, and I love it. Do that one. Yeah, it's great. I, I feel like there was... A little bit of uh, experience in your story you just told, but you guys um... leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! And the bouncer comes up to Harley and is like, "You've got to stop telling everybody to watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's creeping people out." <laughs> Someone's yes. One of the girls at the club has gone up to the bouncer. And she's like, "This really weird girl is telling me to watch a movie about a cabin." <laughs> oh God, she's back. Um. <laughs> hey, wait! I didn't finish telling you about the main plot. <laughs> it's there's a twist. It's not really, but kind of is. Um. All right. Anyway, so this movie is about. Well, we think. Uh, oh God! No, I have to do it in the theme. Damn it! I shouldn't have told you to give me a theme. Um. All right. So listen. Um. He's coming. Um. The movie's about uh, teenagers. Uh, there's like five of them. They go to a cousin's house, but it's not really a cousin, but we learn that later. Okay, listen, first. Um, the, uh, the, 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 it turns out that they're being tracked by the government for some reason, some creepy government conspiracy. The stoner guy was onto it the whole time. And um, they, uh, the government is like causing all this horror shit to happen and it's being recorded and fed to these underground gods to save humanity. Okay. Is that good? Ta-da. <laughs> Does that explain the movie? No, I feel like it's that's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> when was the last time you were at a club? Yeah, uh, you know what? Never. Um, I've actually never gone to a club. It does not appeal that's to me. It's not the same for me. <laughs> and I can't even go to the club. Yeah, I know. I was just about to say, in oh, your no. country, yeah, you're not allowed to drink. You're still a child. If you came to Australia, you could drink. So, and if I yeah. went back to Mexico, I could as well. Yeah, but what you can do in America is you can sign up to go to war. So, you know, it's all about what you're, what decisions you're able to make. Um, hoo All right, so, um, now, uh, do, do we feel that was, did I miss anything important there? No, I think, uh, we, I think we can just dig right into the meal. All right, cool. Because, and the reason I wanted to get that done really quick is that if this is, um, I have a lot of notes. I have a lot of notes. So, Cabin in the Woods came out in 2012. It has a 91% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes? Tomatoes? Um, <clears throat> it is a generally well-received movie, and that's not, uh, that's, there's no surprise. Um, so, we're going to go scene by scene. Uh, jump in 
when you have a point. First scene, we see two random government looking guys, right? They're at a vending machine. One guy, he's from Billy Madison. He's the uh, guy that tries to fight Billy Madison out of his inheritance. Um, hold up, it, hold up. Bradley Whitford, you connect to Billy Madison. How dare you? I, I honestly, I don't know what else he's in. What, what's his name? Bradley Whitford. He was uh, one of the key players in the West Wing TV show. He had a fun buddy cop movie with Colin Hanks. He now, yes. West Wing. Did that have Christopher Judge in it? No, Christopher Judge was in Stargate SG One. No, but he was also in. Wow, you see, I'm calling you out now. He was either in ER or West Wing. I'm lost. I never saw ER, so I, you know. Yeah, this is this isn't real. It is real. This this is important to me, Don. Um, I love Christopher Judge. Anyway, um, sorry, uh, Harley. This is before you were um, in existence. Um, I assumed as much. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, whatever. So oh, I uh, will say that before we see the uh, the guys, these uh, government officials or whatever. Oh yes. Um, there's there's like this really like dark like deep like intro with like scary music, and then it cuts to this sign that says "Enjoy a cup of coffee." Yeah, yeah. I and I mean, uh, Queen of Foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> um, obviously, that 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 blood whole thing sort of tells the entire story within the first thirty seconds. Um, if you're paying attention, the drawings are all like etchings of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yes. So I was we say get, something, but I think you'll get there. So we get to the guy um, who is famous for his role in Billy Madison, and um, uh, he's talking about his wife is childproofing the house. I assume it's his wife, um, but they don't even have a kid, and yada yada yada. He's really pissed off about it. <clears throat> the other guy is focusing on his coffee. Uh, they're talking about. Um, I th they are, they're approached by a woman who's like, hey, got to make sure you have shit. By the way, Stockholm is, is gone south, and we have no idea what she means. Stockholm gone south? What? Um, that's about all that scene happens. <laughs> they made yeah. a real good – they made a point to talk about those drawers, and, I, and one of my first notes was, I think those drawers are going to be what saves everyone at the end of this movie. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. <clears throat> I was um, wrong. Yeah, so we, we you know, we, at the start of the movie is this blood sequence of blah, blah, blah. Then we're introduced to these two government-looking guys. I mean, I, I, I think they're government of some kind. Um, and then we are, um, they're talking about only Japan and the United States remain. But it's fine because the United States hasn't had a failure since some time. Um, Many years ago, the chem department fucked up. Um, and that Japan, I think they're saying that Japan has a good record. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. They mentioned something about, like, Japan not being able to lose or something. Yeah. So they're pretty confident in their position on whatever it is they're doing. Then, bam, big letters on the screen is the title of the movie. Um, um, which was I love that. I love yeah, that part it, because... That, yeah. Yes. All right. I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> Full speed ahead. When they are, in fact, not going full speed ahead, they're on, like, a golf cart, something. Uh -huh. Good, good, And good, they're just good. talking about life. And, like, one of the other government officials, he's, like, trying to lick, lick like, the foam off his coffee or something like that. <laughs> and, like, the other government, like, the government official sitting next to him is like, hey, do you want to come over, like, this weekend or something like that? And then, like, the other government official doesn't answer. So he's like, are you even listening? 
And at that moment, there's like really loud, blaring, like scary music in the title Cabin in the Woods. Which is very Tarantino. Um, that title card to me felt super Tarantino. And I was like, oh, that's a nice touch. Yeah, um, yeah I could see it. Yeah. When, when um, I told uh, my horror my horror centric friends that I was ha- having to watch, it's like, oh, I love horror comedies. I'm like, what the hell's a horror comedy? <laughs> this, yeah. this was a horror comedy. And yeah, that title scene was like, oh, this is going to be a little trip. I saw all the blood and I saw the little kind of, you know, palling around that they were doing. But yeah, very Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny. I just want to mention sort of like what I associate with Tarantino is just being, being off center. Like there is this feeling of not, not hitting the mark, but in, but intentionally so. And in, as such, hitting the mark he wanted to hit. If you get what I'm saying. Um, Tarantino doesn't do things the way that other people do them. He doesn't do it simply because this is how you do it. He's like, nah, I want it to be this way, fuck it. And then it just ties together so well. Anyway, sorry, big Tarantino fan. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, but anyway, that's how this, uh, some bits of, I'm not going to say this whole movie felt like a Tarantino movie, because it didn't, but there were some nice touches that, that were very good. Um, so anyway, we get this big title card coming up and it's like bam and it's in your face and it scares you if you have your headphones on turned all the way up like an idiot um, was, that, was that your fault yeah it was me um oh, Paul. Oh, Paul. um so we then go to a really friendly scene so again we're, we're getting we're getting vibes of like death and happy and death and happy um and we go to a girl we later find out her name is dana she's dancing in her room in her panties and i was like oh this is gonna be a great movie um, I'll turn it off now. Five stars. Um, and she's packing books and she's putting shit away in a bag. Turns out also she's an artist. Go figure. Um, her friend comes in. Her friend's name is. It's um, J- J- Jules. 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 There you go. Yeah. No. Half my notes. I just say blonde girl. Um, I call her the dumb blonde. I'm so sorry to the actress who is not listening no. to this. But to be fair, they literally in the movie call her a dumb blonde. Yes, you know, they do. It is and the title. She does, she, well, she transforms into a dumb blonde, but we'll get yes. into that. It is, it is, yes, we will. Um, so it's not offensive to call her that. Um, so anyway, uh, her friend has dyed her hair blonde, as we were talking about. And then Dana's like, oh, Kurt's going to love that. And then uh, uh, blonde. Jules mentions that, um, oh, but also Kurt's bringing Holden and you should wear this skimpy outfit, blah, blah, blah. And there's all of that jazz. One thing in the scene that really, so Kurt turns up, he throws a, he throws a football, football goes out the window. Uh, Holden catches it outside and nearly gets hit by a car, which is very. Just like, just from the scene, what I really, really like is that it, um, like it gets, I feel like it gets the viewers into this mindset that like, oh, this is another fucking dumb like you know like teen like horror movie like there's like the jock and there's like the dumb blonde and like the smart sensible friend and like they're already setting up the roles and that plays like so much into it later but i like how at first like you're you start thinking like hmm maybe it isn't as good as i thought like maybe it is gonna be like you know typical movie Mm. I mean, so it's very Friday the 13th feeling like, um, you know, a bunch of kids going on a retreat, going to get killed. Um, and and uh, But the thing that throws you slightly off is the government agents at the start. You're like, how the fuck do they tie into this? Yeah, like, yeah. 
I get the rest of this. Yeah, this is a cliche scene, but these government guys talking about like a global event, like what the flippity? Um, so yeah, I think it's a, a really nice mix of like, um, like this is a cliche thing, but there's an odd twist on this that is making me question what I might be seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing I have, a, I have a problem with the scene. So Kurt turns up, and then um, in the in the in Dana's bag. So Kurt and blonde girl are together, but in Dana's bag, she's packing these like I don't know economy books or or something. Um, and de- uh, blonde girl is like, "Why are you bringing these?" Blah 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 blah. And then Kurt sees them, and he does this. Re- I actually like this joke where he he turns to the blonde girl and is like, "Who told you about these? Who showed you these?" And she's like, I learned it from you. And she runs off. And that's actually a genuinely funny scene, a uh, funny joke in my opinion. Um, that's a really good joke and it's cute. Um, one thing that confuses me about the scene, um, Kurt then goes on to say to Dana, like, oh, yeah, you should listen to the lectures on this instead. You sh-. And then he walks over to the bookcase, Dana's bookcase, and he's like, you should read this instead. This is Dana's bookcase. You know... Why does he- <laughs> I t- I didn't think about I didn't give it a second thought like when I was watching it but now that I'm, that I'm like thinking about it, I'm like yeah that that was her bookcase was <laughs> like and these are definitely her books because even blonde friend is like confused as to what the fuck these books are but um and then Kurt is like oh you should he you know we see that he's an intelligent fella uh, he's not a jock like he looks like. And he's yeah. explaining, oh, the lectures on this, yada yada yada. And oh, he doesn't, blah blah blah. But it's, but then again, I was just staring at her like, those are her books. Like she's likely <laughs> read these or knows the subject matter. <laughs> like, I feel like I feel like okay, okay. I feel like they fucked up with this because they were probably trying to establish him as like a smart guy who like reads smart books or whatever. Yeah. But like they forgot that the book was in her room. <laughs> on the shelf in her room. Yeah, on the room. shelf in her room. <laughs> I didn't really question it until you brought it up when I saw your notes. I just assumed she had a roommate that had the book. But uh, the, the part that gave me pause is she's dancing around in her room and she has complete freedom to do so in her underwear she so chooses with those large windows but then thor is standing in front of her and notices that she's in her underwear and she loses her mind yeah um yeah i agree uh well she is on the second floor to be fair Um, also also to be even more fair um like the windows to my apartment are very large but if you're standing outside like the sun and light reflects like in such a way that you actually can't see inside so that might have been. It oh wait, no. Be. But we do we do clearly see her through the window. Also, oh, the window's open because he throws the ball through it. Oh, um, oh yeah, it is open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I think that the one of the things is that it's her friend seeing her, like it's her male friend seeing her, yeah. like that. <clears throat> um, and she seems to have forgotten, you know. And he's reminding her. I I think that's the joke. It did feel weird. It felt like all right. Well, yeah. Um, I kind of I kind of thought it was funny. It it is funny, but I you know it feels like this scene was a little maybe placed in later or written later because again they forget that this is her room with her books. There's only a single bed in there, so she doesn't have a roommate. Um, and uh, yeah. Anyway, um, moving on. Um, so this is when a good character shows up. So I'm not going to ruin the ending. This is when a good character shows up. Marty. He's driving in his car. He's smoking out of a massive bong. Um, and his friends freak out. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, this is stupid. 
And he, one of my favorite lines of all time, he's like, cops will never pull over a man with a giant bong in his car. They know he sees farther than they and will bind them with the ancient logics. <laughs> what? Um, but I do want to mention straight off the bat, Marty is probably the best represented stoner I've seen in a movie. Like, he is genuinely a charismatic, funny dude and not in a comically, whoa, I'm a stoner, man. I think, type. like, what if the actor was just, like, constantly stoned and, like, he, I, like that's why he's so good at it. He's just, like, actually stoned. He might be because he was the most accurately represented stone buzz. And I think, like, in movies, they always go way over the top with the stoner, you know, seeing rainbows and, you know, all of yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Clearly, the he, actor spent some time doing his work, studying this character, and his actor. commitment to his yes, his <laughs> commitment to the craft is uh, he should have won awards, and I'm looking it up right now to make sure he did. <laughs> yes, I, I feel like he's like like the type of stoner like Scooby Doo's Shaggy. Exactly. Like no, I literally yeah. felt Shaggy. Oh wow! Yeah. And he looks like him, he talks like him, he is shaggy. I, I didn't put it in my nose, but I thought that every time I saw this movie, um, he is shaggy. L just m a realistic shaggy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so as you see when they're coming away from, you know, he gets out of the car and he says all these funny lines. And then you see his, his giant bong, he uh, collapses it into itself and it just looks like a coffee cup thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you, that's a good you, scene. Because um, what's his, is, is Kurt the, uh, the, the jock guy? Uh, yeah, is Kurt is the Kurt? yeah. Okay, Thor. Um, because Kurt's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thor uh doesn't want him to bring the bong into uh the van, and so the stoner's like, bring a bong into your dad's van. What are you stoned? And he collapses the <laughs> bong and turns it into a coffee cup. And I'm like, yes. And then as he's yes! walking away, he says, "You got anything to eat?" Or he's like, "No." Oh, he's like, "Dana, you minx," or something like that. You got anything to eat? Yeah, um, he asks for some that. snacks or something. It's yeah. good. Good content, man. All right, so as they get into the van and they drive away, the camera pans out. There's a government agent on their roof, like, not being suspicious, but he's up there. Um, he's crouching, like, Batman style, basically. Yeah, and then he, he talks into a mic. He's like, the nest is empty. Um, and so clearly this isn't your this isn't your grandfather's teen movie, okay? Um, this is a At new this at this, um, uh, we kind of zoomed right past Holden, who is the setup date for uh, Dana that Kurt put on. That was a friend of his, oh, yeah. and he was so he was like so not a jock, so not brainy. He was just kind of like a, a sweet, pleasant person. And then we zoom up to that agent, and he's like, uh, "The nest is empty." I'm like, at first, I'm like, "Okay, Holden is in on it." So the entire movie, I was like, "Holden, he's in <laughs> on this." Oh God! <laughs> Each scene, you're like, "Holden, you fucker." Like, I know you're going to do it. Holden's the one that, like, uh, is, like, Dana's, like, other, like... Hold on. Ho hold on. This is your favorite movie? Listen, I'm not going <laughs> to learn the names, but I know yes. all the monsters. I know the Sugar Plum Fairy, and I know the Werewolf. Okay, so you... Redneck Hol Zombie Family. Holden is the, uh, the friend that Thor brings. Okay, all right. That isn't cool. Marty. Uh, I know the Merman. Sorry, give us that name again. Uh, he's played by Jesse Williams. I don't know if either of you are as current with Grey's Anatomy as I am. I am not. Nope. Nope. He was cute, though. He well, seemed nice. He seemed nice. Um, Almost so, too nice. So Grey's, Anat um, so Grey's Anatomy is a nice guy that Don is um, 
is suspicious of. Uh, anyway, so we get Nestor's empty on the top of the roof. Um, now, as they're driving in the van, Marty foreshadows pretty much everything that is going to happen in the movie. Um, and we're left to like sort of be like, oh, silly stoner. He's just rambling. Um, he isn't. Dun, dun, dun. Well, he kind of is, but it turns out to all be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, he, yeah, he's talking about being watched and controlled and the puppeteers, man. And um, But as I've written in my notes here, he is, however, the most charismatic stoner I've seen in a movie. Um, now we switch to governments in their government lair somewhere. Um, and there's a, 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 new starti- a new security guard is starting. Now, I don't know this guy's name, but I know I recognize him from somewhere. Don, do you know who this guy is? He's a, he's a character actor that I've seen in a lot of things, but I couldn't tell you his name. And he's a, he disappears into these character actor or character bit roles where he tends to play an older crotchety fella and just kind of melds into the scenery. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I have some words about that later, which is fucking hilarious. I don't know if either of you noticed it, but we'll see. Because um, he spends a lot of time in the background doing things. Um, and it took me the second watch to notice. Wh- uh, which one was it? So the, the security guy that, the, 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 the you know, Hadley, I think, the government guy. Oh, yes. is like, yeah, yeah. Well, Hadley's talking to this new security chief, and he's like, "This ain't the military. Cut the sir crap, or something." Um, you know, they're introducing him to the to the complex. Mm. All right, favorite movie, everybody. Um, so, <laughs> wow. listen, I can list all the monsters that appear in that final scene, but I can't list the characters. Okay. Anyway, um, so yeah, we see these guys, uh, the two government guys. One of them, the guy from Billy Madison, his name is Hadley in this. So I'm gonna try to refer to him as Hadley, and the other government guy is Old Guy. Don't know his name, but I know I've seen him in things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, that's uh, Richard Jenkins. You may remember him from uh, Step Brothers. He was the father uh, of yeah. John C. Riley. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Who are you talking about? All right, there's, so... there's Hadley, and then and then Gary, right? Is that his name? I just called him Old Guy. Oh, did you? Oh, were you? Okay, okay, yeah. Gary Sitterson. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking up the okay. cast right now. It's Gary Sitterson. Uh, all right, cool. I'm going to be calling him old guy. Um, so there's Hadley, old guy, and security guy. Just what I'm calling them. That's what I have in my notes. Um, so blah, 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 blah. yeah, we see them in their in their government compound room, and then they're like turning on their computers and getting ready. And they um, then they turn on all these monitors, and it's like this. Um, uh, like satellite imagery and they enhance and they enhance and it's like tracking um, something in the woods. We don't quite see what it is, but we can assume. Um, and then it cuts back to the teens. Um, I do love this sort of the, the shout out this movie makes to um, super powerful um, tracking technology, like visual tracking technology. Um, it's interesting. Uh, so the, one of the best scenes in this movie, in my opinion, is the teens now. They're on their way to the cousin. So it's it's Kurt's cousin's uh, land that he bought or a cabin that he bought. Is yeah, the cabin. Idea? Yeah. Um, so they pull up to this gas station, um, and it's like real ratchety, broken down, shithole place. And there's like nobody there, and it looks like maybe there were some murders maybe at some point in history. Anywho... Um, Holden decides to just walk inside, but there is this funny line where Marty and Thor are looking at the, uh, the gas pumps. And I think Thor says something like, oh, they don't have credit card something. And Marty's like, I don't think it knows about money. <laughs> I, I laugh so hard at that. 
because I think it's bought a gas. But um, anyway, Holden goes inside. Yeah. It's, it's really creepy inside. And then, bam, this old man pops out. This old man chewing on tobacco. Um, <clears throat> oh, is that what that was? Yeah, that's why he's spitting on the ground. He's oh, it was so tobacco. nasty, that yellow yeah. spit. Yep, that's tobacco. Um, so, you know, and then the guy's like, you come in here uninvited. And I'm like, all right, first enemy. Let's do this. Um, and oh, I do like, like my. Yeah, go for it, Don. Uh, my first thought when I saw that, because uh, on my list of movies I have to watch is Get Out. So seeing that um, and then seeing his reaction, I'm like, oh, is this going to be this kind of movie? But no, he was just a crot- uh, He was just another grumpy old dude. Man. Um, I liked the trope where um, um, Holden was inside the store. And he turns around, and suddenly there's someone. Like, that's a big, big trope. Like, a big yeah, trope where someone and, just and suddenly you, appears. You know they're specifically, like, pointing that out because the camera ever so slowly for about 20 seconds pans to his left. Like, what's going to be here when he turns around? And then there is a guy there. Like, yeah. in a modern movie, they would try and throw us off of that by there not being a person. Holden would turn around, and then he would turn around again, and then bam. This movie's like, no, nah, we're just going to pull. This is that trick. This is that trick that we used to do a lot of. Um, but I uh, also anyway. like the, I liked, like the scary, like, like old person that, like, knows too much trope. Like, the scary, like, ah, no stuff, and you should be careful. Watch out. Like, that's a big Duke. trope. Hmm? Creighton Duke? The Creighton Duke. But I feel like Creighton Duke was on was a like different level. Uh, yeah, I guess. He, 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 was a cap- he was acting on the information. Um, he wasn't just prophesizing it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was a badass. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, the old person that tries to warn everybody and nobody listens. Um, is that the person you mean? Yeah. Okay. Basically. Good. Like, yeah, yeah. And they, they have a lot, I feel like they have a lot of that, like, in Scooby-Doo, like the cartoon. Oh, always. Always. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've watched Scooby-Doo recently, have either of you? No, but I, I used to watch it, like, religiously. I yeah, so now- Nowadays, no, it's uh, you're not missing much. Nowadays, it's actually um, they actually are ghosts and things. Um, oh, like real ghosts? Yeah, it's it's no longer a, a, like a cautionary tale of believing things that aren't true and getting down to the, the 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 reality of things. It's now just a show about teens who actually do encounter demons and ghosts and things. Oh wow! Which kind yeah, of ruins well, the entire show for me. Yeah, yeah, kind of do away with the mysticism or do away with the. Uh, the mystique of the show itself and just hit us over the head with, yeah, it's not just we're all bad people. There's really spooky stuff. I think it also, it does away with, like, one of, the, like, the best lines, which is, if it wasn't for you, if it wasn't for your med- you meddling kids and your or your dog or something like that, what is it? Uh, so I want to mention you just mixed, um, you just mix, mixed uh, fucking uh, Wizard of Oz and... And your dog too. Is it not? Is it not meddling kids? No, they just say yeah. No, they do say meddling kids, but they don't say and your dog too. That's uh, Wizard of Oz. Um, Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> so, but they do say if it wasn't for you meddling kids, blah 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 blah. Um, oh wait, no, then, no, no. Okay, here it is. All right. Um, no, I think. Bam. I think you might be right. Yeah, I am right. <laughs> I'm not a real Scooby fan. Hold on. You're about as much of a fan of Scooby as you are of this movie. Listen. <laughs> Listen. Oh, wow. Shots fired. <laughs> pow, pow. I can name all 1,000 monsters. <laughs> <laughs> These were the main characters for you, weren't they? The monsters. Yes. <laughs> it's These all that matters. 
you were like, I don't get this whole side plot with these humans, but these monsters are pretty cool. Basically. <laughs> all right. Um, all of your notes are just, all right, another scene with characters that don't matter. Um, all right. So Give me the fucking we're, monsters! We're going to move on. Um, so, uh, yeah, teens get to the gas station. There's the old man confronts uh, Holden. Um, Holden slowly backs out, goes outside, and the rest of the friends... Rest of the friends? Rest of the friends. The rest of the friends. friends um, come to his... Sorry. Come to his aid. Um, and then... Uh, who is it? I think Holden asks for directions originally. And then the girl, blonde girl, clarifies... And the old guy starts talking about the house, and he's like, oh, that house up here, it changes hands, blah, blah. He, uh, sorry, I'm doing a really nice old guy. He's a grumpy bastard. But he at one point mentions that he was in the war, and then the blonde girl is like, which war? And he goes, you know damn well which war. Um, and then Marty comes up, and he's like, oh, is that maybe that war with the, the blue and the, some, and the brother versus brother, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then I think the old man says something like, I don't know what the old man says, but he's like, I know what he says. You giving me guff or something? Mm-mm. You he sassing says, me, boy? Yeah, he says, you oh. sassing me, boy. <laughs> right, okay. Um, and then Marty's like, look, you disrespected my friend. Um, and then the guy's like, that whore? <laughs> Which is the best line of the movie. And then um, Kurt's going to beat his shit up. And then, and then Thor Holden's gets... Like, yeah, then Thor starts puffing up and he's like, you know, trying to find his hammer. Um, and um, he, yeah, um, he's about to unleash the wrath of Asgard on this old dude. And um, yeah, there's a, that, there's the joke for that. But he, the way the entire first part of the movie, he was gripping that football and just carrying it around. And I was like, oh, yeah. he, just, he has a thing about needing to hold something in his roles. He doesn't know what to do with his hands <laughs> like the rest of us don't. <laughs> so he, um, yeah, so anyway, he, he's puffing up, and then I think maybe Blonde Girl is like, hey, let's just get the fuck out of here. And then Kurt Thor throws the money at the old man. Um, old man spits on the ground. And Marty's walking away. He's like, well, they're probably going to have a railway coming through here soon, and streets paved with streets. Hey, you fucker. <laughs> he walks away, and I absolutely love the Marty character. Um, anyway, um, the team's... Ah! Yes, yes. Uh, good, good. The eagle. Yeah, I, get, I know, I know. Um, so the teens are driving, and they've now got their directions, because for some reason they didn't just map quest that shit back home. Um, so they get to this tunnel in the mountainside, and they start driving through, and the camera pans back, and there's an eagle! Um, can we get that sound effect again, please? Ah! <laughs> oh my god, that red line's so hard. Um, so, yeah, we see this beautiful cgi eagle and it is you know it's it's gliding by and it's like oh this is gonna be so peaceful and then the eagle crashes into a a, a for a second a visible future tech wall of like hexagons and like it's a future tech wall yeah it's it's uh, like yeah it's it's like this like invisible essentially force like force field. Field thing yeah yeah i, I, I think at I this point uh sorry my note at this point was all caps it's all a simulation <laughs> um yeah um so i i notice um that bam it hits a super future tech wall dead burb um so yeah um i don't know if that's foreshadowing at this point like i mean it is kind of but at the For same the motorcycle. time 
Yeah, I know, but at the same time, it's kind of just like giving away main plot as well. It's like, oh, they're fucked. Like, they're going through a future Yeah, that's world. true. Um, so the they get to the house, and Marty is wary of the house. Ooh, he's standing back. He doesn't really want to go in there. Something has triggered in his mind. You know, I feel like Marty is like the dog from like the horror movies where like a family's moving into a new house and the dog like immediately doesn't like the house. Yeah, right? I feel like that's the role that Marty plays. And just like the dog in those other movies, he is ignored. Yeah, and just like the dog in those other movies, he goes on a long rant about the puppeteers of the world. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're going... Anyway, they all get in there eventually, and they're all excited. and uh, They're talking about skinning squirrels, I think, or raccoons or something. Raccoons, uh, yeah. Yep. Raccoons, uh, so he can make a cap when he's finished with it. Yep, that's Thor. He a real man's man. Um, and he, uh, okay, yeah, and they're all going, they're finding their rooms. Holden goes into his room, and then he sees this really fucked up and terrifying, like, painting. That's like a, I don't know, a sacrifice of some animal, and it's bloody and gory. Um, it's a bunch of pioneers ripping up a goat. Oh, yeah, all right. Um, it's terrifying and bloody and gruesome. And, um, and then Holden's like, what does he say? He's like, yeah, I don't think so. And he pulls it down. But what's behind it? It's a one-way mirror. And he can see Dana in the other room. He quickly figures out it's a one-way mirror because she's not waving back at him. But she is checking her makeup. And then she starts to undress. Um, and so I was pretty happy at the movie. Huh? Um, wouldn't it be like a two-way mirror? Man. <laughs> I did, yeah, I didn't want to uh, correct you Man, again. Man, why are you guys but... going to shit on me like that? <laughs> It's okay. You Moving don't live on. Pol- Dana's pol- boobs. Oh yes. Sorry. Don. Don. Shut up immediately. Just then. Just want to put it out there. Um, you said Dana's boob, and then he's like, "All right, let's move on." Um, no, I was just gonna say you don't live in a police state. You're not used to these things, but they're called two-way mirrors. Okay. All right. I, I apologize to the listener for my inaccuracies. Yes, a two-way mirror. <laughs> um, fuck it. I'm just gonna call it a three-way mirror. Just to you know, I'm just putting it out there. So the three-way mirror. Um, is, wait, is that, that's the kind of mirror that's in mirrors, right? Three-way, because it's an extra dimension. hey um, oh, Well done. Uh, <laughs> all right, anyway. Captain three-way, callback. Yeah, three-way mirror. He's looking through, and she's, she's getting undressed. And he has this massive internal struggle. Like, he walks away, he comes back, he walks away. And then he comes back, and he's, like, enjoying it. And then she starts to, she's about to take off her shirt. And then he, uh, he, he gets a moral sense, and he's like, oh, God, no. Hold up, and he knocks on the door, and then he shows her the thing, and I almost turned off the movie. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he explains it to her, and then everybody's like, wow, that's creepy. Um, and they're like, yeah, it was an olden house. I don't know how that explains it, but I don't know. Um, so, I think, I think Marty says, um, pioneers needed to have their own interrogation room. And I'm like, how does that? What? Yeah, I, I was like, I look honestly, I don't know the history of three-way mirrors, but um, I don't think that they were around then. I could be wrong; could be completely wrong. Um, <clears throat> in fact, I don't even know when mirror mirrors turned up. When did mirror mirrors turn up? Like a long time ago. Yeah, probably. Alrighty, like like twelve years ago. Um, <laughs> so, uh... um, Dana also has like an internal struggle because well, yeah. they switch rooms. Yeah, and, and then she, but before that, she thanks him for being a decent guy. Um, and she's like, hey, thanks for, you know, not perving on me. 
Um, and then she goes back into the room and she's, and then he's like un unchanging in the other room and she sees him and she has this internal struggle as well, the same he did. And what we learn from this is we're all human. Um, and then <laughs> she's, she's like, nope. And she, she does, she reacts the same way as him and she puts up the painting and then she sees the painting, assuming for the first time he didn't show her the painting originally. Um, and then she's like, yeah, I don't think so. She says the same line he said, whoa, 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 doesn't mean anything. She puts a blanket over it. We never hear of this again. Um, so um, since, that. Uh, since since we don't hear about it again, I wanted to ask if uh, uh, Harley. I know you said you don't watch. You've never watched The Office. Have any of you watched Parks and Recreation? I have a long time ago. No. Okay. Um, no, I did. Okay. Well, uh, when I first saw that painting, I thought, Oh my God, they're in Pawnee, Indiana. Why? Because of their gruesome ass murals on the, in the government building. Oh, oh my God! You're absolutely right. In the freaking in the government building, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get the reference, but um. That's okay. That's okay. The so, Parks and Rec audience will. I I have seen that show though, and that's the problem. <laughs> I just they don't just, remember. Yeah, like in the in the main government building where they all work, they just have like these really like long, gruesome. Oh murals. yes, I do remember. Yes. Yes. You know, uh, the fact that the, the painting wasn't brought up again makes me wonder, like, maybe if they had interacted with it more in a certain way, it would have been, like, one of the, thing the things that could have killed them or something. Yeah, I was wondering how, because there are so many monsters, and it makes me wonder how many trigger points they have for what causes a monster to appear. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're called and transgressions. And that was, like, uh, they mentioned the word earlier, the, uh, the, the creepy gas station attendant said, you know, if they're going to transgress and the entire time, I'm like everything they touch, everything they do when uh, both Holden and Dana were peeking at each other for a moment, like, Oh, this is a transgression as uh, ordained by the uh, 18th century. Oh, right. Actually, that's a good point. And they don't actually quite, they, well, I mean, so in, in modern standards, they don't transgress because they, they warn each other before they do anything that is considered um, bad. If you know what I mean. Is that a theme that runs throughout this movie that I didn't pick up at all? I've been lost. So with the transgressions, yes, they didn't like break any of the, uh, the modern, uh, what would be considered transgressions, but with the tropey, not tropiness, but the, uh, the archetypes of the jock, the, the fool, the whore, the virgin, the brains. Um, like, I, I feel like if they had continued on with uh, peeking at each other, for instance, that mm. definitely would have uh, set things off early and di dictated a different monster that Harley knows the name of. <laughs> yeah, I literally, I, I think you are completely correct. And I hadn't put that together until now, like that that was another one of the potential traps. Um, that's very interesting. Um, cool. So, um, where were we at? Oh, you know what I like? Um uh, what was what was the very first? Uh, and you can cut this out. But what was the very first movie we watched together? Uh, it was Jason Goes to Hell. Um, didn't we have one? Oh, before? sorry, we watched um was it before Dawn, pre Dawn era. Oh yeah 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 pre Dawn. <laughs> we watched um you know the good times. We were <laughs> we watched I know what you did last summer. Yeah yeah okay so bringing it back to this I like how uh and we know what you did last summer they have like. Like, the pure couple, essentially, and then, like, the slutty couple. Mm -hmm. And, like, they do that in this movie. 
on purpose and i really really like that because you start thinking like oh this is still kind of like a typical you know yeah yeah yeah, like yeah, horror yeah. Movie. and and i want to i want to put it out there because i probably will just keep this in um as a bit of background information i won't be releasing that lost episode per se uh it's simply unless i like go back and edit it but we had a different cast member in there who would prefer not to be in it now and um you know, so either I edit it and edit that person out for their, um, you know, because that is what they wish. Um, you know, all of that. I might do that and have it as a bonus lost episode, but um, we probably just won't see that. So don't go looking for it in the list because it's not there. Um, anyway, <clears throat> uh, maybe maybe someday we could redo I Know What You Did Last Summer with Don. Um, nah, that's that's a shitty idea. I, don't, I, don't, I want to spend as little time with Don as possible. Um I can still hear you, asshole. <laughs> All right, anyway, so let's move on. Uh they see the mirror, they're decent. Um she thanks him, blah 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 blah. <clears throat> Alright, camera, we switch scenes. We go to the government building now. Um the camera pans out from from the inside the house, inside this um, you know, decrepit cabin. The the uh the aforementioned cabin. Um, and we're on lots of screens and every room has a screen and we can see all the teens on, in their rooms on screens, teens on screens. Um, and it turns out the government has cameras in all of the rooms, um, and they're watching them. And then, um, this lady comes over, this government lady, and she's like, Hey, do you want to know how we made the uh, blonde girl stupid? We put like certain chemical in her blonde uh, hair dye. And now, and then he's like, Oh, the dumb blonde cliche. Good, good work. Uh, very artistic, I think he says. Um, I think that's like fucking genius, though, because they have in like there's a lot of points in the movie where like there are typical things that happen, mm-hmm. but then they have like explanations for them, like the dumb blonde, like her hair dye literally makes her dumb. I think I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I and, really and, like that. And so we start seeing that the government is putting together these pieces that create the trope. So they are the directors of the movie, except that the movie is, is taking place in, in the real world in this movie. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, they explain, Oh, she, her, her hair dye is making her stupid. And then I think they mention something about making Kurt more jockish. Um, I think they say, I don't know, something about something. <laughs> they like, they like, like throughout the movie, they like spray like dumb gas or something oh. like that. To make yeah, him yeah, yeah. kind of dumb. And, and they say that they're increasing their libido and making the blonde stupid and yada, yada, yada. And so it's just all the ways that they create the cliches of a horror movie um, within this uh, real scene, per se, which is very good. Now, an interesting, and I can't tell if I like or dislike this part of the scene, the harbin- Harbinger? Harbinger? Um, the Harbinger scene. I really like that scene. I thought it was funny. All right, well, then you explain it because... I don't remember it completely. Okay. So um, the two government officials, uh, I believe they get a call from someone called the Harbinger. And one of the government officials is like, ugh, I don't want to answer. And um, he answers it and he puts it on speakerphone. And the Harbinger, who we, who we learn that is the, uh, the redneck from the gas station, starts like going on like this long, like evil, detailed, like weird, like complex worded uh, monologue. Yeah, he's like, the fools of gods. Something. Yeah, yeah. He starts, like, going on this long exposition. And and then he goes, wait, am I on speaker? <laughs> <laughs> and then the government official's like, no, no, no. Um, please go ahead. And he's like, uh, oh, you know what? Yes, you are. 
um, here, let me take you off. And he doesn't take him off. And so the Harbinger just keeps going. And he's like, wait. And then everyone in the office, like everyone that's there, all the government officials start laughing at him. And I thought it was, I thought it was really good because I feel like it shits on the like, like that specific type of character, like the, yeah. the one that like monologues and goes on this deep, like unnecessarily complex, complexly like worded like thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. then yeah, <clears throat> and uh, that character's name I remember is Mortimer. So, um. It's uh, Mordecai. Sorry. Oh, you fucking asshole. Cutting that out. No, um, I love that because <laughs> it's, it's payback. Thank you, Don. And then they call him and then he's like, Morty, Morty. When he's like, um, you know, when he's fucking with him. Um, yeah, telling on myself a little bit. When they said Morty, Morty, I'm like, oh my God, Morty is short for Mordecai. And then I remembered, no, it's short for Mortimer. So we're both messed up. Yeah. I, I don't think that means I messed up, but moving on. Um, <laughs> um, so we're back at the uh, the teens are now at the dock. Um, they're jumping in in the water, and then Slut doesn't want to, and Thor is like, oh, my God, I see something in the water. What is that? And they're, like, starting to get a bit worried, and it's like, oh, it's, it's my girlfriend, and then he throws her in the water, um, which was a – it's. I mean, I do like that they uh, – a lot of horror movies, the – the the teen friends who go on a vacation never seem to like each other at all, but these guys do. Like they are actually in love and actually friends. Yeah, that's um, true. Whereas horror movies in general, the t- the teens are just always at each other's throats. They're just dicks to each other constantly. Um, I think I think that like uh, specifically like in this in this case, it works in the favor of the movie. Because I feel like seeing them like be friends with each other makes us feel like like nicer. Like it's more fun to watch. Exactly. And every time I watch like a Friday the Thirteenth movie, I'm rooting for the killer because I'm like these kids are dicks. I (laughs) I I want them to die. Um, you know. But in this movie, I was like, oh look at that. They're actually nice. They're sweet to each other. And also, we're given the we're given the evidence to say, oh, they're not actually stupid like Neanderthal morons. They're being made (laughs) dumb. And this is, they are the victims in this, in this scene. Yeah, it's like, it's established that they're like, actually like, competent college kids. Yeah. Like, they're studying and they're like, they care about their studies and all this stuff. So I think these are the only, like, horror movie teens that I've seen that I actually don't think are complete douchebags. And I think uh, some of that has to go to, uh, some of that props has to go to Joss Whedon, who was the writer, and I believe director for this one. Where um, I don't know if either of you watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Angel, but the the guy is uh, he's he's great with bringing these ensemble casts together and making them feel like they all give a damn about each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah. he did. Uh, didn't he do Avengers or something like that? He did do Avengers. Yep, that's another good point. Yep. That, Sorry, that's I was just trying to find a gun. Um, so moving on. Um, I really you should come across the pond to America. They're all over here. You don't have any more over there. Yeah, Harley's got one. Um, so, um, yeah, so that, you know, they're having some silly fun at the dock and it's nice and it's, it's sweet. Um, and then we go back to, we, I think we zoom out again through a screen again. Um, and the government is now taking bets. What are they taking bets on though? We don't know. Um, there's a, there's a discussion between, I think, new security guard and woman government agent, whose name I also, I don't know any of their names other than Hadley, and that's because it screamed at the end. Um, 
But a uh, woman government agent, she's like, um, oh, it's a little tough to watch, blah, 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 blah. Um, I think the government, I think the new security guard is, is like, hey, does the director know about this? And they explain things about, oh, the above doesn't care as long as the below is pleased or whatever. So um, um, the uh, the agent that doesn't really like this stuff, I think her name is Wendy Lin, based on the cast list, I assume it is her? Okay. So Wendy. Yeah. Okay. So a female government agent says, um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, and then they have this discussion about that. <clears throat> yes, it's a little set up because the, the, the security guy, he's like, well, you know, isn't this, isn't it cheating? Or uh, he doesn't say that exactly. I don't remember exactly what he says, but he basically he, asks, like, isn't it rigged? Yeah. And the, yeah. And they're like, you know, well, we rig it as, as much as we need. But at the end of the day, the, the teens have to use their free will to transgress um, you know, they, they can just go ahead and ignore, um, the, the things and not touch anything and they won't be killed. Um, but everything is placed in front of them and they, and he, they, they, they make the point that they have to use their free will to transgress, um, or they can't be punished. So that's like some, you know, the above I assume is like heaven and the below is hell, or, you know, that type of shit. Um, uh, which is alluded to a little later in a thing that uh, that Emily brought up that I didn't uh, notice at all, even on my second viewing, and I'll bring that up at the very end. Um, <clears throat> so that's cool. We get back to the to the cabin. The teens are playing Truth or Dare, and my favorite scene happens. Oh, hold on. Um, there's there was this part that it was a little bit kind of foreshadowing. Um, one of his coworker, one of the uh, government agents' coworkers, uh, calls his fellow. He calls him Aquaman. Oh yeah. And we later find out why, and they ex- they like drop little hints throughout the movie, but it, it it'll be good, good payoff. Yeah. And yeah. um, at some point, uh, one of the government agents, I think once everyone's done betting, he says, "Let's get this party started." And then it switches immediately to the scene with like we're calling them teens, but they're not really. So it switches it switches to the scene with the teens, and um, Thor is like, "Let's get this party started." Uh, I just like that. Oh, yeah, and then that line comes up a third time at the end. Yep, 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 yep. Rule threes. I love that. Yeah, so, like, there's a lot of repeating of lines, like the, yeah, I don't think so line um, gets repeated a couple of times. Um, But, yeah, and that's, I guess that's a a comment to uh, uh, horror movies just repeating shit over and over. Um, Cliché lines. Um, I think specifically the... Um, let's get this party started is like, like, uh, I think it prescribes to that rule of threes that they do a lot in cinema. And I like the, like the very last one, the very last time they say, let's get this party started. Yeah. I really like it. I spent the whole movie looking for another, yeah, I don't think so, but then it didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't sad. happen. So anyway, they're playing truth or dare. And then Marty is daring Jules, the blonde to do something. And I think Kurt is like, Dare to make out with Dana. Dare to make out Dana. Dare to make out Dana. And then uh, Marty's like, I dare you to make out with that moose. And everybody's like, what? He's like, over there. And they're like, dude, that's that's a wolf. <laughs> it's clearly a wolf. And yeah, it's like a taxidermied wolf head on the... Yeah. On the- <laughs> yeah. And, and <laughs> I just love how confidently he calls it a moose. Um, like, he's fucking out of his head. Um and when anyway. he's uh, corrected, and when he's sorry, um, and when he's corrected, he says, "Hey, man, I'm in a womb of reefer." And I thought yeah. that was a my favorite line in the entire movie, and uh, b a sweet name for a band. 
A womb of reefer. Oh my god. A womb of reefer. Ah, oh, that's so good. Um. Anyway, she goes over and has this fake conversation with the wolf head, and then she makes out with it a lot. And in my notes here, after that, I've got dot dot dot. So what if it was super hot? I don't know what that says about me. Okay. Um. You know, it, it was kind of hot. <laughs> Yeah, she uh, she didn't just go over there and slap her face up against it. She made a whole production of it. She sucked and, on its uh, tongue. It got really intense. Yeah, yeah. My note, my note was, um, is a bestiality considered a transgression? Uh, <laughs> I have another note. Uh, oh, that could have been the werewolf. Maybe I don't know. That would have been cool. Uh, um, maybe that's why the werewolf didn't get released because they were happy with this. <laughs> Yeah, basically. Um, I found out, I watched uh, the extras, and I found out that, um, so it, it was a fake wolf head. They had to, like, make it. And I found out that the tongue was, like, washed so that, obviously, like, she wouldn't get sick or anything. But that to, like, uh, sort of, like, mimic dust, um, the artists put powdered sugar on the tongue. Oh, man. So, like, I feel like that's why she, like, got really into it, because that powdered sugar must been like good uh i feel like it helped but um <laughs> she's like sucking on its teeth and shit as well like it's and she's like running her hands through its hair like so sexually it's you know it is it is what it is um i'm not gonna condemn this is the episode where we all become furries yeah look become i, uh, was. I don't know <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know how funny this is okay what what you just said made it equally funny uh my girlfriend is actually a furry, but not the uh, the kind you read about. It's just like a cosplay thing. But uh, she was going to work as I was watching this, and she knows I don't do horror movies great. And uh, that scene was happening. and said, hey, how come you never kiss me like this? <laughs> and she looked at me with uh, such hate that I wanted to jump into that basement in that cabin. <laughs> Be like, honey, I've joined the dark side. So, uh, yeah, but she makes out with the wolf. Um, and then it's Dana's turn to be dead, and then Kurt, like, talks about how, oh, she's gonna say dare, and then she's not gonna want to do it, and then she's gonna pick truth. Anyway, as they're discussing this, the cellar door bursts open by itself, and then, uh, before, um, sorry, before the, the basement, I just want to say we were talking about how this movie takes, uh, tropes and, uh, stereotypes and kind of puts them on their head, instead of, you know, doing that thing where, um, uh, where Dana would do that. It kind of like undercuts the whole thing and kind of like takes the air out of the room by having Kurt say it for her. And like, ooh, a little awkward, a little tension in the group. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you do have a good point. Um, and then the cellar door bursts open and Kurt is like, maybe it was a gust of wind. And Marty's like, and that makes sense, Al? <laughs> and I love that, that it's... You know, because the, the, the characters in horror movies always come up with ridiculous conclusions as to something like... That's just complete bullshit, obviously, but nobody ever questions them. Um, yeah. And Marty's just like, no, that makes no fucking sense. Yeah, I um, fucking love that. I actually wrote down I wrote down the lines because I thought they were so funny. Um, Kurt says, huh, the wind must have blown it open. And Marty goes, uh, that makes what kind of sense? Yeah. And, then, and then everyone just moves on like they ignore him. Yep, yep, exactly. And then um, I think uh blondie um wolf lover she um she she says i dare you to go into the basement to dana and so dana goes down and turns out there's a lot of creepy shit down there she scares herself when she looks at a uh 
when she looks at a painting of a girl. Oh no. And then, um, Holden runs down and then Kurt's like, all right, you asked for help. You, you forfeit the dare, take off your top. Um, and then they just, they move on from that. Um, turns out there's a lot of creepy shit down there and like, they're all looking around shit. And Marty, he really doesn't want to be down there. He's like, um, and I wrote down the line. He's like, uh, guys, I'm, I'm not sure it's awesome to be down here. Uh, I dare you all to go upstairs. <laughs> I absolutely love those lines. That was great. <laughs> yeah, so they, they keep like they keep ignoring him. He's like, maybe we should go back, and like they just keep ignoring him. And I think it's brilliant. There's another part uh, in a little while where they ignore him again. But uh, uh, <clears throat> I like like Kurt says, "Oh, we should all stick together." And then uh, then he changes his mind, and then Marty's like, "Really?" And then they just all ignore him. Like they're constantly. I thought ignoring- that was at the at the like the very end. I mean, it's not at the no. very end. It's 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 when or, they or with the with the creepy redneck zombies, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's soon. Um, uh, but yeah, anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, they just keep ignoring um Marty, uh, completely. They keep ignoring the one character who who's continually telling them what is happening and you know what is a bad idea, and they just ignore the shit out of them. Um, anyway, so in this basement, there's a ton of creepy shit. There's dolls and all puzzle things and a diary and a necklace and a music box. And each person is looking at something different. And the camera is switching between them quickly. Who will activate their thing first? You know, the, the necklace is being uh, held up and about to be placed on. And, and Kurt is about to unlock this spherical puzzle and... Uh, somebody's about to touch the music box or is about to get to the end of its song or something. And then Dana opens the diary and goes, Hey guys, listen to this. And then she starts reading the ancient diary and it is incredibly fucking brutal and messed up. Um, I don't know what else to say about that diary other than it's really messed up. Like, does anybody remember? I remember a few bits. Uh, It's like um, Papa uh, cut oh, I wrote- mama's uh, stomach and put the coals in. Oh and yeah, then, like her brother got like killed, and then my my arm got torn off and was eaten. Um, <laughs> so it's a little hard to write this. Yeah, yeah, my arm is something and et. Um, and um, so what about I've written? I wrote down a line here somewhere. Um, oh, I think yeah. So. Uh, I'm just going to read my notes. Um, each picks up a different item. The camera switches between them all. Kurt has a ball thing. Someone else has a music box, yada, yada, yada. Um, then she has a diary, which she reads. It's written by a girl from 100 years ago. It's pretty messed up. And then quotes I've got, but cutting the flesh makes him have a husband's bulge. But I do not get like that. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I love at husband's bulge. But, yeah, so, like, her mother in the in the story that she's reading, that her mother is, like, screaming and the father to stop the like her screaming only stopped when he sawed open her belly and put the coals in um and then he got a boner and then he got a boner um and then there's this latin section of it and and like marty's like don't fucking read that and again they kind of just push on yeah he's like (laughs) so so dana's about to read this thing in latin which everyone should know it's a terrible idea so he goes Okay, I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand. Do not read it. Do not read the Latin. And then there's like a whispered, like, read it. Read it. Yeah. Out loud. And Marty's like, what the fuck? And no one's paying attention to him. Yeah. And then, um, so she does read it. She's like, it doesn't even mean anything. And she reads it. And it's like, uh, first of all, we established a little, like, in like 10 minutes that she doesn't read Latin. Therefore, I don't know how she's claiming it doesn't mean anything. 
Um, but whatever. She reads it. She reads the whole thing, the spell, and then outside we see hands come out of the ground. They're zombies. Um, so then we cut back to the government, um, and they're all celebrating or being sad because this was apparently what the bet was about. Yeah, they um, all go, oh, and, like, everyone's, like, upset. No one seemed to be more upset than um, Hadley, uh, a.k.a. Aquaman, and uh, Sitterson was a, a, a good partner and consoled him for that because as soon as he, like, uh, seeing the sorrow in his face and the regret, I was like, oh, now I need to see Aquaman, Merman. Because I paused. Did you guys pause the uh, the board when it was showing all the listings? Uh, I, 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 I did, and then I was like, ah, it's nearly bedtime, so I didn't. But, yeah, what okay. else is on that list? Do you have any good ones? Uh, the, there's only one real good one that I wanted to touch on was uh, Angry Molesting Tree. <laughs> oh, which... my God, Evil Dead. Yes, oh, absolutely. That's yeah. I like. I haven't seen many horror movies, but I see that. I'm like, like instantly, I'm in that scene again. So uh, that is amazing. That was nice. And there were other ones yeah. that I didn't quite get, but I think other horror movie fans would get. Like there's one called Kevin, just Kevin. So I don't know. I couldn't quite I'm place that sure in my mind. I think that was just like a joke. Like I, I've seen a lot of like behind the scenes and, and extras and all that stuff. I think Kevin was like a joke. Like, right. They just wrote Kevin. Gotcha. Well, either way, it, it was a nice touch. Like, even though I didn't read the whole board, I did see that it was back there with a lot of actual writing. And I was like, oh, that's a nice touch. That, that's got a lot of detail there. Like, I don't need to pay attention particularly to it, but it is there if I wanted to. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I like how um, when when everyone loses, except for maintenance uh, in, in the betting, uh, uh, the, one of the main government guys, he's like, I'm never going to see a merman, ever. Yeah, that's Hadley. Hadley's oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah. he's like so and he's like, there's always next year. Um, he's like, I'm never going to see a merman. Um, and then uh, the old guy, government government old guy is like, man, uh, the cleanup on them is crazy. It's <laughs> like, what? What's and the, uh, um, this is a, a slight subtle foreshadow queen moment <laughs> here with that. What? I'm well aware of my job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, yes. So anyway, uh, that's, yeah. Um, so yeah, they win that, and then somebody tells, I think, old man, uh, old man government, that Japan has failed, or the guys talk about Japan, we see it, oh no, no, we, we now see a TV with Japan on it, so it's the, uh, Japan feed, and this is one of my favorite things about this movie, is the Japan feed, so they go, there's this feed of, like, I think they, they call them nine-year-olds, so they're, like, nine-year-old schoolgirls, um, and there's like this demon in the middle of the room, like, you know, causing havoc and shit. So that's the horror movie that they have going on in Japan. <clears throat> um, we obviously come back to that a little later. Anyway, um, so then we switch back to the teens. I'm going to keep calling them teens because they represent what is the teens in... I think they're supposed to be teens, aren't they? They're college kids. Well, college, college kids, kids are, are like 20-something. Yeah. 19, 20, 19. yeah. 19, yeah. 19, teen. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Fine. Um, the fully grown adults are at the uh, the cabin again, um, and Jules is dancing in front of the fire. And it is, you know, a lot of the, a lot of movie scenes where a girl is dancing and it's supposed to be sexy. I never really find it sexy. It's just like, all right, I get the trope. I get what you're trying to tell me. But this one, I don't know, was actually pretty genuinely sexy as a, of, a, of, a, of a scene. Um, I don't know. Am I the only one who thought that? No, I I thought it was pretty sexy. Yeah, I mean, it was like, I don't know. She just act- she knows how to actually dance 
it didn't feel super cliche, but you could tell what they were alluding to. Um, <clears throat> like it wasn't, and, it wasn't cringy. I feel is like what you're also like trying to yeah, get. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty cringy in other movies. Yeah. Um, and then she's like flirting with everyone, even Marty. Uh, apparently they made out in high school. Um, uh, Marty starts saying that he has a theory about all of this. And then Kurt and Jules fuck off. Um, um, before that, um, Kurt Kurt is like, Kurt sees Marty, like, uh, like a little, like, not wanting Jules' advances. Oh, and yeah. he's, like, he's like, don't tell me you don't want a piece of that. And Marty's like, can we not talk about people in pieces anymore tonight? <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's great. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, and then Marty's like, I, got a th- I have a theory about all of this. And then Kurt... Obviously wants to have sex, so he like pushes Jules out the door, and Jules is like, "Don't push me around." He's like, "Not around. It's a straight line." Um, <laughs> I love that line. Um, what happens then? Uh, Marty they talks about. Oh, oh, wait! Before that, they leave, and then uh, Dana closes the door, and Marty talks about things being weird, and uh, he's picking up on their different personalities, and then he mentions, you know, Kurt is a sociology major, and this is weird for him. And that, you know, he hasn't seen um, Blonde Girl be, like, slutty in a long time. Um, so then he mentions Puppeteers and then um, Dana. Dana's, I don't know, she repeats Puppeteers. And he's like, Pop-Tarts? Do you have Pop-Tarts? And then, and then she's like, I love you, but you are really high. Um, and he's like, I'm going to go read a book with pictures. Anyway, I love that line. Um, and then the payoff of that is fucking amazing. Um, anyway, so, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, Holden and Dana sitting on the couch, Holden's reading the diary, he apparently speaks some Latin, um, they talk about the night being weird, but Holden says he's having a good time anyway, and isn't he a sweetie? Um, Kurt and Jules are running through the forest, and then they start to make love. The government, we cut to the government, and the government has, like, this moonbeam button, and they turn on this romantic moonbeam, and they, she's about to take off her shirt, I think, but then she's too cold. And everybody, like, when she says that, they cut to the, the whole crowd watching the screen in the government building, and they're like, ah! Um, I think and- um, there, there was this part where um, they're about to, like, bang or whatever, and, like, the girl is like, oh, no. And then Kurt's like, it's okay, we're all alone. And then it zooms out, and they're yeah, being watched by a shit ton of scientists. Yeah. I thought that was kind of yeah. meta. Because, like, yeah. then we're also watching, like, us, the audience. Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. Um, so, yeah, they turn on the temper controls for the area, and then they, they release pheromone mists. And then, basically, Kurt and Blondie get into it, and they start making love. He's given her head. Um, <clears throat> this, is the, this is one of the... So, the... Security guy, um, so it cuts to like 10 seconds of both of the government guys just sitting there watching, and it's this really creepy, like, that they're just sitting there watching. Like, it's just, they're obviously hanging a light on the fact that these guys, uh, yeah, while this is their job, they clearly enjoy some aspects of this, um, creepos. And then one of the government guys, the old guy, is like, come on, show us the titties, or something like that. Yeah. And security guy goes like, doesn't it matter? Aren't they just going to die? And old guy goes, oh, look, uh, you know, we need to make sure the customer's pleased. Um, something oh, like that. that's so good. Such a good now, yeah, yeah, so said, I, have, uh, I have the whole thing written down. Oh, tell us. Tell us, please. 
uh, government agent says, titty thing. Then a uh, security guard comes up and he says, does it really matter if we see? And the guy cuts him off. He's like, we're not the only ones watching. Got to keep the customer satisfied. You understand what's at stake here, right? And I think it's like really, really brilliant because we're obviously like, we're obviously the customer, like we the viewers. <clears throat> and like what's at stake would be like the ratings and yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. So I was like, oh, that's so good. So good. You know, I, I completely get what you meant, what you mean. And it's like, you know, it's trying to explain a little bit of the of the story and like, oh, there's something that they need to, this is very important. Gotta, gotta, gotta. So anyway, yeah, uh, after that. Uh, Murder. Oh, yeah. Titties. So then that. So yeah, all right. So the security guard, after he says his piece, he steps off to the side out of the camera. But then when she, um, when she does get on top of Kurt and she starts undoing her shirt, and they go back to the guys, the security guard in the background steps back into camera and he slightly moves his clipboard in front of his penis. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh. I did. I didn't think it was anything. Like it, he did something near his crotch area, and I was like, "Is that?" Yeah, no, I watched I, it a couple of times. He steps back into the scene um, because he clearly, he, 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 he um, very intentionally moved away from watching the screens. And then as soon as that comes up again and they go back, he steps back into view in the background and he moves just slightly his clipboard to be in front of his penis. Wow, I noticed uh, the, the weird like sliding back into frame, but I didn't catch the clipboard because I was laughing so <laughs> yeah. hard at him coming back in. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's very subtle, very funny. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so they're making love, and um, she, I guess, he flips her over, and she's on her back, and then she's like stretching her hands out, grabbing at dirt, and then bam, a, a knife just goes straight through her fucking hand without warning. Like, I mean, there's obviously a little warning, but it's it did catch me off guard that like, oh, she's suddenly impaled, like yeah, she's, a second I time. Mean- <laughs> okay. I was gonna make that joke, but you beat me yeah. to it. Yeah, um, and yeah, and then she like screams horribly. Oh yeah, she does. Um, understandably, she just yeah, um, it's it's pretty bad. So yeah, there's that thing, and then we get introduced to some of the zombies like properly. And one of the zombie guys, he like so then Kurt like runs up and tackles the zombie, which is pretty cool. Um, he like tackles that fuck, and then he's going back to help. Uh, Blondie and the big guy has a I think one zombie takes like a tackles or something attacks uh, Kurt and then the big zombie has this chain that has a bear trap on the end of it and I was like holy shit yeah that is pretty dark and then like he catches um, I think uh, Kurt gets stabbed in the shoulder and then bear trap dude like he he swings it around and he catches Blondie in the back and he drags her back to him yeah. and he lifts her up and then another zombie comes with this giant saw and like I I believe cuts open her stomach while Kurt is screaming. Um, uh, no, they 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 start cutting her head off. Oh, I thought it was her stomach. I thought it was reminiscent of the the mother being having a having a. No, because later on, a big zombie oh, throws yeah. her head into the. Mm-hmm. So now we, we cut to, I think at this point, um, uh, Marty is in his room. I think that's this point. Um, yeah, he's reading a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and what does he say? I've got a line here. He's like, Nemo, man, you got to wake up. Your shit is all topsy-turvy. And I was like, what? Oh, my God. I love that he is reading Finding Nemo. Um, yeah. Uh, and then um, he had. He, he, yeah, go for it. Uh, actually, what I'm what I'm gonna do? My voice is starting to go. Um, if uh, Holly, you wanna you wanna jump in, this being your favorite movie and all, um, 
I'll obviously still be here, but my voice is getting really bad. It's my time to shine. Oh my god. Alright, so Marty's reading, and, and I didn't think it was Finding Nemo, I just thought it was like a book titled Nemo? Like Nemo something? Oh, I don't know. I the title was... the title was uh, Little Nemo, but I maybe Nemo that was Nemo. what the yeah what it was based off of. Oh yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> so he he hears this voice that says, "Go for a walk," and he stands up and he's like, "Who is it?" And then like it whispers even louder, like, "Go for a walk." And he's like, "I'm not a puppet. I'm not gonna play your games." And then he like stands there for a few seconds and he's like. I'm going to go for a walk. Yeah, No, uh, I really, I do love, there's a part where he's like, I'm not a puppet, I'm not going to dance your puppet dance. And he's like oh, dancing yeah. around it. It's so funny. Yeah, and then he goes for the walk because he has to take a waz or something. And, mm. he, and he passes in the, he passes through the living room uh, where Dana and, um, and Holden are making out. And he's like, <laughs> he points at Holden like nonchalantly as he walks by. He's like, he's got a husband's bulge. <laughs> I'm going to point yeah, out yeah. that I am officially adopting that term into my vocabulary. I might as well, as well. Uh, like, I might just, if I, you know. A husband's bulge. Oh, you, yeah, watch out. You've got a husband's bulge. <laughs> um, so he goes outside to take a waz, and we see in the, in the background the little girl approaching, the armless little girl. And um, right as she's about to get to him, Kurt arrives, and he's like, come on, we got to go inside. And he, like, and he rushes him inside. <laughs> and he fucking, like, just like knocks the shit he out of lines up. small girl yes he, <laughs> just, he just goes flying like he outstretches his arm or something like that and yeah. she does like she like you know like bowling ball like knocking into pins type of thing yeah she, um, i mean the accurate term is he clotheslines her and then he yells dead bitch <laughs> <laughs> poor girl she's just trying to she was just trying to look at um what was oh yeah She's trying to look at Marty's husband's bulge. Mm -hmm. so, She's trying know. to learn about the husband's bulge. Yes. Trying to learn about because her parents weren't going to teach her, right? No. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, he, he runs. Kurt runs inside with Marty, and they they close the door. And he's like, "It's crazy, the stuff." And he's like trying to explain things, but like no one's getting any info out of him. And suddenly, the uh, the zombie family appears, and <laughs> the big zombie throws. Um, God, what was her name? June. Jada? Jules. 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 Hey, listen. I know the sugar plum fairy. I know the woman. Who the fuck is Jules? So he, throw, he throws Jules' head into the room. Uh, oh, no, no. He throws it into Dana's arms. And Dana, like, not, like, just catches it very easily. And she starts screaming and she throws her friend's head. And, um... I do love, I want to point out, I do love that she just, like, she doesn't just drop it. She doesn't, like, you know, she just throws it across the room, like so yeah, like, disrespectfully. Very, like, yeah, very football esque. Like mm -hmm. throws it. It was kind of nasty. Um, so they all, they all together, they close the door, and and they're trying to like make their game plan. And Kurt's like, "No matter what happens, we have to stay together." And then the people in the government are like, mm -mm, "That's not happening." And they they shoot the dumb gas into the room. Yeah, well, well Hadley's, Hadley, he thinks it's, it's all over because this guy's, he knows how to survive a horror movie. And yeah. then the old guy is like, huh, watch the master at work. And then he presses a button that releases some gas that makes Kurt change his mind. And yeah, then so Kurt and this, is this, this is the scene where, so Kurt is going up the stairs, leading them all together. And then Kurt goes, wait, something's wrong. We should split up. And Marty yeah, in the back goes, this isn't right. 
Yeah. And, and, and but I just love that Mahdi in the back goes, really? <laughs> like, and again, they ignore him. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And I, at this point, I wrote down a note, which is later paid off. I was like, maybe pot blocks the dumb gas, which yeah, well, will later they, be. You know. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so um, they all run into separate rooms and the government officials are like, cue the, like, close the doors, lock them in. So they all get locked into their rooms. And I guess Marty is the only one that notices because he's like, what the fuck? And um, he, like, presses himself up against a window, and he's, like, trying to think things through. And he knocks over a lamp, and he spots this tiny camera inside the lamp. And he's like, what the fuck? And he starts lifting it to his face. And uh, Hadley, yeah, Hadley and his friend notice this, and they're like, shit, like, we have to do something. And so they start going, like, cue the like cue like a thousand cc's or of something like into the room mm-hmm. and they're like oh wait papa judah or judd or something has yep. got this and uh so the one of the undead rednecks crashes through the window wait there's and- a there's a bet there's a great line before this marty's looking into the camera and he says i'm on real i'm on a reality tv show <laughs> my parents are gonna think i'm such a burnout <laughs> What a what a he's dunking on reality TV shows right there. That's amazing. I love it. Oh, I thought it, I thought it would be because they would have noticed like how like how much he was smoking. But that oh, also, I thought yeah. the I thought the idea though was that he was he is very clearly a super stoner that his parents would know about. But the thing that's going to make them disappointed in him is being on a reality, reality TV. TV. Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Um, so he gets pulled outside and we see him die in Wait. quotation. Wait, you, another great part of the scene. As he's being pulled out of the window, he grabs something. We don't quite know what it is yet. But then he's he's face to face with the zombie, and the zombie like has a knife in his hand. And then he he swings out his uh, oh his, my god his, his bong ex, his extendable bong in like this heroic, and he smacks it <laughs> over the head. And yeah, then the zombie weird. like just straightens its head again and looks at him. And then Marty's like, "Nope, get the fuck out of here!" And uh, yeah. And then he gets pulled into a ditch and killed question yeah. mark that is yeah that that bong there are <laughs> there are plethora of movie props i can think of that are iconic but none as iconic as marty's bong <laughs> um i i do want to mention the zombie throws a dagger into his back from quite a distance and i was like wow that zombie's got really good accuracy with a throwing knife but yeah it it looked extremely painful and it made me it cringe did. yeah um so what we later learn, and I'm, I'll spoil it now. Spoilers! Why are you listening to this? Um, so Marty doesn't actually <laughs> oh die. God. So, um, so the mm. ground begins to shake from like presumably God's anger or one of the God's anger, and um, well, yeah, no, right? Isn't it? The, so they pull the lever. The blood goes down on stones. That each time one of them dies, blood goes down on a stone. Yeah. So wait, I didn't mention when Blondie dies. Um, they pull a lever and then blood goes down onto the stone somewhere. Um, uh, but when Marty dies, they pull a lever and then the ground rumbles and, you know, we think it's like the, the old gods from hell. Um, and, and the, the, the government thinks, oh, that's, they, they must be pretty excited down there. Um, <laughs> which, which makes me question, like, how often do they do this? Because it seems like every it isn't year. normal. Yeah, because, it, it, well, it seems like it isn't normal for the ground to shake. Like, they should know that it's not normal, but they're like, oh, they must be excited. Yeah, what? I know. I, uh, they, yeah. They, do, they do do it every year, but uh, 
my thinking was from the implication earlier that every all the other um, locations had failed and it was down to Japan and America this year to pulling it off. Yeah, and so it was a bit more exciting maybe for the but the <clears throat> I mean what we now know is that it's likely that they're angry that Marty didn't actually die. No, that's what I was implying. Like that's yeah. what I was like getting at. So like I what I was confused was like I feel like these these like Hadley and his friend like should know that the ground does not usually shake when you offer up the blood sacrifice. Yeah, so, yeah, I but agree. instead they go, they must be excited. <laughs> yeah. Um so so yeah, uh, that happens, and then um, Dana, uh, one of the zombies, crashes through Dana's window, and she starts screaming. And uh, God, what was the other guy's name? Listen, these these the monsters Holden. are the stars. Holden, right? Um, Holden uh, breaks the two way mirror, which like nice, convenient that it came and you know it came in and saved the day. Um, and she jumps through the through the broken, smashed mirror. And they push the bed aside to barricade another window where another zombie's coming into. And they find this cellar door. And um, I, I think it's really smart that she dropped in the lamp first to see if it was empty. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty smart move as well. I honestly wouldn't have thought of that. And uh, it was good. Yeah. She, yeah. she takes and off so, the lampshade and she lowers the light in by the cord. I was like, oh, that's, that's smart. Yeah, they were all pretty, like, just all in all, they were pretty smart survivors. Well... Yeah. We'll get well, to this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if survivors, but anyway. Um, so they both jump into the cellar and they're kind of like standing there, like thinking what their next move should be. And big Papa, a uh, zombie throws his bear trap in and catches Holden uh, by the, no Holden. Yep. Yep. Cause the other one's Hadley. There's two, two ages. Too much for me. Oh um, my yeah. God. So he, he throws the bear trap in and it snatches Holden's back, which looks excruciatingly painful. Yep. And uh, Dana is, she looks at her situation and she very smartly grabs a crowbar and like smashes well, she it. First, like, first she grabs onto Holden, pulls him down, yanking the chain. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Which is also another smart move because it pulls, pulls the big guy down into the hole halfway. And then she's like, you like pain, huh? And then she takes the uh, tire and, and uh, or the crowbar and she, uh, yeah, she shoves it straight through his face. Yeah, like through his cheek, like pretty gruesome. It's through his eye, isn't it? I thought it was his cheek because later on we nah, see like nah. a like a hole. Well, I one of those, one too. of those. Um, so she does that, and then she's like, "Yeah, got him." And then like he wakes up, and she grabs a knife, and then she stabs him like fifteen times. <laughs> yeah, which again, good move. Yeah, good move, <laughs> good move. And so something happens, and I thought it was fucking brilliant. She drops the knife. Now, usually in a normal horror movie, you'd be like, oh, why'd you drop the fucking weapon? But in this movie, they give it a reason. We yeah. see a, uh, we see one of the, I don't know if they cut back to the government agents, but we do see that a little shock comes out of the knife, like a tiny, small, yeah, small yeah. shock, and it makes her drop yeah. it. And I was like, that's such a good like explanation for why that trope exists. Yeah, like, yeah I agree. You know? to, yeah, just for a split second, it, it cut to uh, the the dial, uh, the control board or whatever, and one of them just slightly turns a knob and turns it back, and it cuts to her dropping it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I also, I wrote in my notes, government causes a small shock on the dagger and causes her to drop it unconsciously because it's obviously just enough to trigger her, um, her uh, muscles in her hand, but, you know, not enough to actually shock her. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
so I think they. God, what happens? They. Oh, right, right, right. Um, uh, Connor shows up. Cut. Connor. Kurt. You know what? Oh my god. Oh my I've had god. enough. Man, come on. <laughs> so C comes. So it, Thor it, comes in. Is it is it Hadley down in the basement and then Connor shows up? Right. Who the fuck is Jules? <laughs> I don't know any of these people. <laughs> All right. So. So Connor Kent, Kurt Cobain shows up. Oh my god! And uh, he like starts like ushering them through a tunnel. Um, I'm blanking on this part. I know he takes them out of there though. Well, yeah. He, I mean, he, he, he's just. I think it's just the door to the other basement. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. Because Holden yells to him, "Get to the basement!" And then he bursts through the door. She nearly stabs him. Um, and then they. She does. Yeah, yeah. Um, she nearly stabs someone else later, but. Then actually does. Um, so they they wow, they run spoiler. out and they sorry listener, just sorry spoiling it. <laughs> um, so they run to the car, which was like good move, and they're just like, okay, we're just gonna we're just gonna drive away, and we're gonna drive out. And Dana's like, where's Marty? And 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 then Thor is like, uh, he's gone. And so they rush in and they're <laughs> they're driving. Wait, you missed a bit. There's a there's a bloody handprint on the door that is that pans down and sees. Oh, that's what. Because later on, I wrote, "How did Zombie Man get in the car?" And it's that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm wondering is, was he just chilling in there? Like, was he like making himself a sandwich? Like, was he? I, you know what? I have no watching idea. Watching TV. I mean, maybe they just don't have vans come to this very often. He's from like a hundred years ago. That's true. He's like, watch this. Exactly. That's what it sounds like. Sandwich. <laughs> yep, that's um, exactly what he sounds like. Oh, I'm giving him this character voice, and now I think he's like a little sweetheart. Except yeah, he's, he's not. a real sweetheart. And then we, <laughs> we we see him drown so sadly. But anyway, that's true. Poor guy. Anyway, um, so they try to drive to the like edge of the camp, like try to drive basically out of there. And uh, Hadley, yes, question yes, mark. Hadley, um is like, whoa, whoa. Like, he thinks that something's off, and then the lady comes in, and she's like, the tunnel isn't collapsed. And Hadley's like, no. the tunnel isn't collapsed? No, you got it wrong. Um, Damn. Uh, so Hadley and old government man are talking, and then the girl calls up. I don't even remember what they talk about, honestly. I think she's like, all right, these guys are doing too good. You got to stick this shit up. But then during that conversation, Hadley looks down at the tunnel camera, and he's like, oh, shit. And then he just like he's like oh shit, and the girl's like what's happening? What's happening? And then they just hang up on her, and he's like the tunnel isn't closed. And then old man government guy, he's like oh god, and then he runs and he has to go fix it. And he eventually does. Yeah, um, yeah. He like he finds this ca- these cables, and he like makes them spark, and yeah. then the, the tunnel starts collapsing, and then the he team hot wires. Start- he hot wires the tunnel. He hot wires the rocks, and. Um- <laughs> They start driving really quickly backwards, and they're like stressed because they. So there is they an important. To... There is an important message. He gets. He runs to the engineering department first, and they're like, "I don't know. It's a glitch from upstairs." And then, and then he's like, "Oh, he doesn't think about it at the time, but he's like, oh, fuck." And then he runs, and he has to go fix it. <clears throat> um, and then we'll get back oh. to the glitch from upstairs is referenced again afterwards. But yeah. Do you? Oh, it might have been because of like what yeah. happened with Marty. Yeah, it's Marty. Yeah. Um, and we'll get back to that. But yeah, so he does. Oh. He blows it up, and then they reverse out. Mm-hmm. And um, 
it it happens at some point um between now and a horrible motorcycle scene but they go back uh, to the camera with japan oh my god yes okay oh yeah i would like to i would like to discuss the scene please yeah go for it this is my favorite so we go back to japan and like um and i i don't know if they mentioned yet that japan failed i think they did and then we cut to see the we cut to see the um the screen of japan and all these little girls are like chanting in a circle around this bowl on the ground and the demon is like uh, struggling and it's being sucked into this bowl with flowers in it and these little girls are chanting and swaying and then uh, out from the bowl pops this frog and um i have the line i have the line here uh, it's now kiki's spirit will live in this happy frog <laughs> and then we go to the screen and the old government guy's like fuck you fuck you fuck you pointing at the girls <laughs> it's just like fuck you fuck you i love I that think, so goddamn much i think it's literally like one i like i think one of the screen caps is literally like an internet meme like the little girl's holding up the frog and she's like the evil is defeated oh yes yes she does yeah <laughs> and then it's, she's it's like a wonderful yeah. scene and then she's like, now Kiki's spirit will live in this happy frog. I love that it's a happy frog. Um, I just, everything about that scene. And they all cheer and all the little girls are like, yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's a funny scene, but it's also kind of heartwarming that these little girls like defeated the like, yeah, like the, terrifying monster. And I mean, and that's such Japanese anime horror. Like they, you know, they know about the mythology of this demon that's going to haunt their school, and then a lot then, of like, yeah. And then and then they are now going to uh, perform the ritual that is known in in Japanese myth, and they do it's so good. I love it. I feel like a lot of Japanese horror like characters are really competent in that sense, where they like yeah, like they know the ancient scriptures and they know the incantations. They're like, oh, let's just do this, and yeah. they just know. One thing I want to point out, one thing I, I want to recommend for anybody to watch, and uh, this is to you guys as well, if you haven't seen it, um, there's only one season of this show, it's called Ghost Stories. Have you heard of this? No, I don't think so. I think I have heard of it, and I might have even watched it. I'll look it up, but I probably... So, so yeah. Ghost Stories for anybody, watch the English version specifically. The reason is, <clears throat> is that this show was a, I believe, a Japanese show. Um, it's about these high school students. Oh, or, God. Or, and they, you know, and there's this ghost haunting, you know, it's a, it's a cliche thing. Anyway, it was so bad that when they brought it to uh, uh, America for English dubbing, um, they they said to the voice actors, like, look, just just do whatever you want. Just improv it. And it became the funniest fucking show I have ever seen. It gets crazy wacko that the English um, voice actors just make it fucking hilarious, like ridiculously hilarious. Um, and if you haven't seen it, look it up, find it somewhere, watch it. It's so good. Um, yeah, so now I know what you're talking about because I looked up the images. It's it's just like over the top. There's this talking cat and he's constantly yes. like calling the little child like a dumbass and stuff. <laughs> it's so good though. It's so amazing. Like so one of the um, characters is this super Christian girl who is like constantly like trying to preach to them and it's just in a really funny manner one of the boys is constantly trying to flirt with uh, the other uh, main girl and then the other boys like this conspiracy nut and it's just this uh yeah it's, it's just this and then yeah her little brother um the, t the the little kid brother uh so many of the scenes 
they couldn't figure out what he should be saying in this, but clearly he was saying something in the Japanese one. So in this in this one, they just have him going <laughs> the whole time, and they're like, "Shut up!" And then they move on with the story that they were telling. It's so good. I love that. Like ninety percent of his lines are just <laughs> anyway. Um, ghost stories. Go watch the English version. It is the funniest thing you will ever do. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> no, that was a good tangent. I'm I'm on board. It's it's hilarious. It is. It's so um, good. So they cut back to uh, them them all standing on a cliff, and uh, Kurt. Yep, Connor. And Connor, Kurt. Um, and Kurt <laughs> is. Can you not? And Kurt is. Uh, <laughs> he he's like. I guess he's some sort of like motorcycle like expert. So this is the first time, the very first time we are really forced to see that he has a motorbike is when they're reversing out of the tunnel like five seconds before and that there is a motorbike strapped to the back of the van. That's the first time I noticed it. And then it becomes a real part of his character immediately. I was like, I think I might have noticed it earlier, but yeah, they don't really say anything until that scene. And that when when it's appropriate to use it, and that could be a comment about things in general. Um, but yeah, he he, he does that. <clears throat> um, sorry. Uh, yeah, and they're like, you gotta. Sorry, you go. Sorry. No, you're fine. Um, yeah. So so apparently he he's like the best at doing doing like sick jumps and like tricks and stunts <laughs> and shit. He's like, I've done jumps bigger than this before because he's gonna cross the uh, like the ravine essentially. Like yeah, he's gonna try to get to the other side of the cliff. Yeah, and, because the because the tunnel through the mountain would have been, but then they blew it up. Mm-hmm. And um, so oh, it's such a horrible scene. So he he reverses and he like backs up and he gets ready for the jump and he goes full speed and he starts <laughs> jumping over the ravine and it's it's like kind of nice. Like I think they play some music. Yeah, it looks like, so. They've got the side-on shot that looks so heroic as he's flying through the air. Yeah, yeah, it's like kind of like slow motion, and then he just fucking wipes out against nothing. Yeah, like, against so, well, that 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 future tech wall appears. Yeah, that big big force field, and he just bounces against it like as he falls, and it's horrible. In my and, notes, I've got here, I've got here, bam! Future tech wall. He falls a long, long way. Because they watch him falling for about 10 seconds. Yeah, that wall, it stretches, like, really deep down, and I think that's, like, super creepy. Yeah. My note for that was, oh, shit, it's Thor Plinko. But I don't know if any of you know what <laughs> Plinko is. Yeah. I know of Pachinko. Okay. No, uh, which I think is... Price is Right, Plinko Machine, nope. where you drop the disc and it bounces down. Oh, yeah, down yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, which I just have I old... I just... Yeah, I just I have assume... old words for shit. Well, I assume the price is right. Then took the idea from Pachinko, which is the same idea in old Asian game where you drop a ball and it's got little little things that it you know you got to try to get in a certain hole. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, same idea. But yeah, that's yep. very funny. <laughs> but um, but yeah, uh, just before sorry, uh, just before he uh, goes to the jump, uh, he's told um, don't hold back, and he says, "I never do." I'm like, oh, he's <laughs> I thought he was going to make it. I thought maybe he had a chance to be the sole survivor and drive off into the sunset. But when he said, I never do. Well, I um, realized he was going to die when he was saying, um, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get the police. I'm going to get the military. I'm going to get fucking uh, helicopters and guns. And and these guys are going to pay. I was like, ah, yeah, you're dead. (laughs) And then Dana realizes Marty was right. Yep. 
And um, so, well, they, well, Dana and her boyfriend um, get back into the van. Holden, wait, but, but another lever is pulled. See, yeah. Oh yeah, see, yeah, they pull another lever. More blood is spilled into this these little crevices in in the stone, and um, and then they get into the van and they drive off. And um, I feel like we knew it was coming because it was like such a calm, like nice mm. scene. Um, because Holden is like, whatever happens. You have to stay calm. Like oh, his name's Hadley. Out. What? His name's Hadley in the van? No, it's not. Holden's the government agent. You butt cheek. It's Holden. <laughs> okay, I didn't... I, I didn't so know if you, you took that. <laughs> I didn't know if the joke was going so long that it got twisted in your own mind, but I, I'm sorry that I interrupted that. No, um, you can't fool someone who's got Google open. Oh, alrighty. Cool. All right, so anyway, sorry. Um, Holden and Danny are, what are they doing? So, God, I forgot his name now because he got in my head. It was um, Hadley. God damn it. So Holden um, <laughs> gets stabbed through the throat, and Dana just loses her mind and starts screaming, and they crash into the water, into the lake. Yep. And um, as she is, uh, as she's trying to swim out, uh, they, uh, oh yeah, like, right, right before she's about to break the surface of the water, they, like, do this really smooth trendi- transition where they pull some drinks from a cooler, and it looks really cool. Oh, and, yeah, because they're partying, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, um, and they start partying, and, uh, one of the security guards, like, I don't understand, or, like, the lady is like, I don't understand why you guys celebrating, um, she's still alive, and they're like, oh, well. Uh, the virgin just has to be like the last one, and she doesn't actually have to die. She just has to be the last one, which is fine. And she has to, she has to be punished. Like she has to. Oh yeah, she it, has to suffer. She has to suffer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it like cuts back to her, and she jumps. She gets up onto the docks, and she like lies on her back, and she takes a breath, and <laughs> um, the uh, the bear trap appears like next to her, and she dodges it, but then it catches her. And she starts getting like viciously attacked. Oh my god! And, and so, mm-hmm. and we we cut back to at this point we cut back to the uh, to the government partying, right? Yeah, I was just about to say like I thought that was really funny. Like she's getting viciously like attacked and just like eviscerated by this fucking zombie. And they cut back to the to the government, and they're just all partying and having a lot of fun. And there's like this really dramatic, intense, scary scene happening behind them. Yeah, in the background on the screen, and she is getting beat to shit. Yeah, like, like, at some point, she, like, vomits, like, a stream of blood. Yeah, and she's getting, like, the, he picks her up, and he, like, rams her head into a big, like, log thing. And he, like, throws her, and he's, he, he wraps the chain around her throat and is choking her. Like, it's super brutal. Yeah, he, like, slams her down and up, like, back and forth and up and down. And it would <laughs> not be funny. It would not be funny if I was, like, watching it, like, firsthand, like, watching the actual scene with the scary music. It's only funny... Because this is played, like, in the background of them <laughs> while they're partying. They they do not care in the slightest. Um, yeah, it's, it's fucking great. And, um, and again, back to that, to that government of fish, and he's like... His name's Horton. So Horton hears a who says... <laughs> so he says, I think it would have been cooler with a merman. Again, just dropping mm. little breadcrumbs for us to follow on our trail home. Mm. And, um... And so we go, we go back to Dana, like getting her ass kicked, and like as she's about to get, I guess, finished off by this by this zombie guy, um, our good old friend Marty shows up. 
Well, so first at the government, they get a call, and um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're so they're in, they're in the middle of the party, and like a very like gaudy big red phone begins to ring, and then um, I think it's I think it's Hadley or or, or Gary who like Hold tells on. someone to sh- to yeah. Mm-hmm. To tells them to shut off the music, and then everyone shuts up because apparently this is very bad. And he answers the phone, and and essentially like the conversation is like, you know, oh we got everyone, and like I guess someone on the other line was like, do you doubt me? And then the guy was like, oh no, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't doubt you at all, sir, or something like that. And so mm-hmm. they then go back to like see if like she's if Dana's been finished off or like what's what's the problem, and that's when we see Marty save her. I forgot mm-hmm. how he saves her, but he... Well, I think so he, he uses... Uh, so the uh, big bad is swinging his chain bear trap, and then he's swinging it around and around. He's about to finish her off, and then um, Marty puts up his, his extendable bong, and he catches the, um, the chain <laughs> around it, and, the, and then he pulls it back a little, and the guy falls down. And then uh, Dana, I think, kicks him into the water. No, Dana rips off a board from the dock. Oh, yeah. The and then and smacks him in the face. Smacks him into the water with the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and so uh, Dana's obviously confused, but Marty's, like, trying to lead her, lead her to the promised land. And um, so he, he uncovers this hole, uh, like, full of leaves, which is, I, I guess that's where he got stabbed. Because otherwise, how would he have found that cellar door? Or, like, that secret hidden door? Well, so, um, well, I mean, you know, the, the, we see earlier he gets dragged into that by the... Yeah, by that, the, that's why I was wondering if that was the place where he yeah, got dragged Yeah, in. that's, yeah, that is, yeah. Okay. Um, and Dana's like, we're going into the grave, and he's like, oh, it's not a grave, watch, watch this. And they, they go inside, and it's like this very, like, modern, like, concrete room, mm. and, uh... Sterile, even. Yeah, yeah, there's this pile of, like, <laughs> there's... There's a pile of like dismembered like like a hand and a head and like a few little guts, but it's still alive. And it's yeah. like it's kind of cute almost. Like it kind of flaps around. And um Marty's just like, Oh yeah, I had to dismember that guy with a trowel. <laughs> and then he and then he goes, What have you been up to? Or something like that. He says something like that. Yeah. Well, wait, we actually, I realized, looking at my notes, we missed one of my favorite lines in this entire movie. Oh, gosh. Um, So back in the government building before, you know, as the celebrating is just starting, um, Hadley, uh, sorry, I mean Holden. um, No, Hadley is, um, he's there with just the lady and the old man, and he's getting really deep and emotional, and he's like, you know, I just... I'm kind of rooting for her. You know, she's been through such, such tough time. And then this, like this group of party, all the rest of the employees walk in and he immediately snaps out of being deep. He's like, tequila is my lady. And then he just walks across, like completely snaps out of being a, a really deep and, and understanding man. Yeah. He, he was almost <laughs> getting there. He was getting there. He was like, Hey, maybe this is like wrong or something. And then he screams that yeah. <laughs> tequila is my lady. And he walks great. Anyway. So yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So they, um, so uh, Marty begins explaining. Oh, like, actually, sorry, cutting you off again. There's another important bit, like a story important bit. After that, at the party, old man um, confronts the engineers, and this is again where the engineer says, "No, actually, that wasn't our fault. Oh, there, yeah, was a, yeah, yeah. there was a power reroute from upstairs." Um, and then they get the call, but the old man is like, "Wait, what the fuck?" From upstairs, and then we go to Marty in the room, and we. 
we see what that probably was. Because oh, was he, it him? Was it him hot wiring things? Yeah, he shows the electric box where he's like working with like the the electric yeah, yeah, yeah. the electric stuff. And okay, yeah. I, I didn't make that connection. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, you so he that. he's a uh, he's essentially like hot wired like the elevator. Yeah. Um, or like rewired the power or whatever. And um, uh, well, well, he, before that, he like reveals there's an elevator, which is super weird. Like at this point, I really like it because um, we've already realized with like the government cutscenes and everything that they're controlling everything. Um, but we don't know, like, I guess we don't know like how deep it goes or they haven't shown us like the rest of the, uh, as, of as, the place. Yeah. I was actually so pretty this confused. this is where it this. starts. Mm -hmm. I was confused because we saw the zombies come from out of the dirt, mm -hmm. but they came from out of the, um well so they they store all the all the creatures in elevators right yeah and so um my theory is that like they can queue up whatever monster they want to come out so the elevator moves to to that position that cellar that they were in that little hole mm -hmm. and then they crawl out of that hole but but what i'm saying is that the the zombies didn't come out of that hole when we saw them when we see them at the start they crawl out of dirt and but there's a door and a ditch which is where they go to get to this elevator but that's not where the zombies came out they came out of the ground which was just normal ground oh i thought I it was like, like I, I thought they had like come out of like a door and then like had to crawl through like dirt or something uh i don't know to me it just looked like they were coming out of actual graves in the ground but like the Sorry, Don, what were you saying just there? Oh, just that uh, I, I was wondering about that hole, too, that he miraculously found. And I feel like since that was their house, no matter, like, what monster ended up coming out, because that house is their house or whatever, they were just, they kept those zombies however they keep those zombies, like, primed, ready to grow, ready to go in the ground. Oh, oh so yeah, that might yeah, yeah, that so might have been saying, it. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a good point. They are sort of integral to the area, whereas the other monsters probably do come from the elevator. Okay, yeah. Makes sense. That, yeah, that, that, that makes a lot more sense, actually. Don to the rescue. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say the same thing. Um, so they, so they, uh, they uh, jump into the elevator, and the zombie arm, uh, a zombie arm plops into the elevator, and Marty's like, fucking zombie arm, and he kicks it. And, um, <laughs> Um, okay. So as soon as they get into the elevator... Oh, it's your time to shine. Some of my favorite 20 fucking minutes of cinema begin. It's, it's the elevator scene. It's the monster zoo. It's chaos incarnate. It is my favorite fucking, this, like, just montage. This whole scene seemed like it felt very uh, men in black to me. This reveal of an entire world of manipulation and you know, control outside of what they've been living in. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so I very much like that feel anyway. Yeah, I just I just realized it does feel kind of men in black. I love that. Um, so they get into the elevator and it moves down as elevators do. And then mm -hmm. it starts moving to the side and they arrive in front very, of- Sorry, I want to mention my initial thought during this. Can anybody guess? No. Don, come on. Um, my, well, you were mentioning men in black and I was going to mention that, but- my first thought when they were doing the weird thing was a uh, Wonka Vader. Yes, exactly, Wonka Vader. Oh. Yep. Huh. When the when it moves to the side, I'm like, oh my god! It goes upwards. It goes sideways. <laughs> it goes diagonal widths. Yeah, it goes inwards and outwards. Um. Anyway, it goes. And then they're, the they're, uh, it's revealed that Wonka is a monster himself. Um, oh. So the elevator stops in front of this panel of glass, and a werewolf starts like 
snarling at them through the glass. And and then um, uh, I thought I just thought that it was like at this point, like this scene, if it had ended there, like how like dreary and creepy would that be? Like yeah, they, like they don't know. Yeah, and like they don't know like that the glass isn't gonna like slide back and like let all these mon- monsters like enter this small elevator. I just thought it was like like this like these scenes kind of were like genuine horror. Like they kind of scared me a bit. Um, mm. And then. Um, uh so they they stop in front of like two more and this time marty has his back to the to the like front glass panel and dana's looking like they're both looking different directions and dana's looking at the uh the scary like blade man like he's got like blades in his head and uh marty's looking at the sugar plum fairy and i feel i don't remember if this is the exact part but at some point um like these puzzle pieces begin like clicking in dana's head this is that part yeah, she yeah, sees and the she, orb in his hand. Yeah, yeah, and she realizes that the the cellar room, like full of props, but like relates to all this. And I think she tells Marty like that we were choosing how we died, like they yeah, were making yeah. us choose how we died. Now I want to quickly yeah. ask because you've mentioned Sugar Plum Fairy a bunch. Is mm-hmm. that the girl with the serrated face? Yeah, with like the missing like face with all the teeth and stuff. Yeah, that, that I laugh at that scene because that's a very silly-looking creature. Is that from some mythology? Um, I think they just made that for the movie, but I could look it up. Okay, well, then how do you know what it's called? Because <laughs> I like this movie. <laughs> with, uh, with Connor and... Um, with Kurt and, and all those and, boys. And Helios. And, I wasn't uh, lying when I said I could mostly name, like, most of the monsters. I just, crazy. I right. really like the monsters. That's great. Um... But yeah, so uh, I, yeah, I think they just they just made her for the for the movie. Okay, um, they they cool. actually made um, if you if you watch like or if anyone watches the outtakes, they made quite a few monsters specifically like for this movie. Like they mm. designed a bunch of stuff, which I thought was really really cool. Um, so they uh, they 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 stop on another floor, and uh, one of the uh, like a random government official. Uh, appears and he starts pointing a gun at them and he's like out of the elevator now and then he goes just the girl <laughs> and at this point marty and dana have had enough so they just fucking slam his head into the mm-hmm. elevator and like so, mm-hmm. uh, so what happens is that that zombie arm grabs the, the guy with the gun and then that's when marty takes a chance to uh beat the shit out of this dude um yeah he like slams his head into the back of the elevator and then as he's leaving marty says good zombie arm <laughs> they keep going <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wrote that down. He then, says, uh, good work, zombie arm. Yeah, and then you see the, the, the I'm assuming, knocked out or dead guard, um, and he's in the elevator, and as the elevator doors close, you see the zombie arm slowly crawling across the ground and then, like, grabs onto his face. <laughs> it's just so weird. I thought it was kind of cute. It reminded me of um, the Adams Family. Yeah. The, yes, uh, yes, yeah, I yeah, was yeah. going to say, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, at some, I, cause I wrote this down at some point they mention that like his pot, in fact, was giving him immunity to the gas, mm-hmm. which I thought was like pretty cool. Like a pretty good, well, like, and it's again, that's a, that's a call on the trope of like the, in, in movies, the stoner always like, maybe he comes across weed and he, he goes out into the forest because he saw weed and that's when he dies it's usually the stoner's addiction to being a fool that gets him killed where in this the 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 the, the, the weed was what um protected him against all of their tricks <laughs> yeah um, yeah that was pretty funny yeah um so they step out into this hallway well that's like lined with elevators 
and uh, Marty's currently holding the knife and the gun. And I like this moment where he just gives the knife to Dana, and they're kind of like standing back to back, and it's kind of badass because they're both armed and yeah, and holding a weapon. And um, and so they they keep walking out into the hallways, and they hear all these soldiers coming, and like no, through the intercom, no. no. Oh, so the intercom starts for quite a a while. It's this lady talking, and she's explaining. Oh yeah. Sorry that it had to be this way, but it's for a bigger picture, blah, blah, blah. Now, yeah, she does wanna... say like that you're not supposed to be here and all this stuff. One thing I like um, in the way of characters surviving is that, yeah, there's a voiceover explaining things, but Marty and and Dana don't let this, like, they don't just stand there and look up yelling mm. at it. They keep their wits about them. They keep their weapons drawn, and they're slowly moving through the hallway. In any other horror movie ever, these characters would have stopped, like, lowered their weapons and being like, what are you saying to me? Whereas in this, they were like, yeah, this bitch is talking to us, but you know what? We don't trust any of this. We're going to kill all these motherfuckers. We're going to survive. And I love that so much. Um, yeah, they, yeah. They I do like how... Mm-hmm. I like how by the end of the movie, like, they're completely, like, like sobered up. Like, they they are, like, they're becoming, like, smart survivors, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um. And so, and then, and then they go into the hallways and they hear all like the boots coming from the soldiers and they see this, uh, small like control room. They go into the room and they start getting shot at by the soldiers. And so they, they crouch down behind the desk and they don't know what to do. So Dana looks up and she sees this, uh, this switch and this button and above it is written system purge. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's. It's pretty obvious, like, what that could mean. Yeah. So she flips the switch, she presses the button, and she, I think, I don't know if it's her, but I, one of them says, let's get this party started. Yeah. As she's about to press the button, she goes, let's get this party started. And then she presses the button. And I was like, button. yeah! <laughs> or she goes, oh, man. She goes, mm-hmm. army of nightmare monsters or something. She goes, and then she looks at Mari and Mari nods. And she goes, let's get this party started. And oh, God. Oh, so then, good. And then there's a ding, and the uh, lead, the the lead military guy with his guns, he puts up his hand, and everybody stops firing. And then you hear ding, 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 and all of the doors open, and just fucking chaos. It's I wrote down, and it's my my feelings for the rest of this movie. I'm so fucking excited. I love monsters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it has all of the monsters. It has all of them. It's wonderful. And so. Like, I just mm-hmm. want to point out, for somebody who might not see this movie and is only going to listen to this, like, so what comes out of the, the, the fucking elevators? You got, like, ghosts flying out. You get lizard men and werewolves and uh, giant spiders and fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. just there's clowns, a, everything. There's a wraith. There is a massive, like, constrictor snake. There is a yellow, like, weird robot with saws. There's zombies. There, it's just like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Yep, so many um, monsters. It's so good, and so they're absolutely wrecked. And um, more, uh, more soldiers start running down the hall to, for backup, and they show up. This is like one of my favorite things. I actually like started crying from how hard I was laughing. The sh- the soldiers show up. And they see the carnage. And everything's silent. And suddenly a piece of flesh drops from the ceiling, like splats. And then suddenly there's like just one. There's like an elevator ding. 
and then just gore just starts flying everywhere. And I thought it was so <laughs> funny because it's just silent and just that one like ding and like we know what's gonna happen. Yeah, well, we see the we see the military guy. He with the camera is inside the elevator, and then as the doors open, you see him look toward the camera, and then you just see the window of the room that uh, Marty and Dana are in, and just gore just flooding the room. Um, and it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Um, one thing I will say is I wonder why the monsters don't attack each other. Um, I get the feeling that I don't know. They maybe they're going for the weakest enemies first. Like all of the humans there are just the easiest fight. That like, is true. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the feeling I was getting was uh, because at the beginning of the movie, they're when or not the beginning when they're all taking bets on what was going to be the thing. Um, uh, Citizen handed Hart uh, Hadley the paper like we don't we don't even have this like zoology uh, guarantees us we definitely do so I feel like there's a whole lot of uh, genetic engineering just monster creation on their end that they're just designed not to attack each other I would agree with you but it is mentioned that um, the monsters in the stable are gifts from below um, they are provided oh, yeah. to them from the old gods below. Um, so potentially the old gods created these monsters to not attack each other. Oh, um, yeah, that could be true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that line. Yep. There's a very pretty scene where, like, this nice, elegant music is playing, and there's, like, a beautiful unicorn. And it's like a real, it's like a real white horse. They just stuck a horn on it. And it impales one of the scientists. And it's the most elegant impalement you'll ever see. Yeah, I've got in my notes here, I've written, um... We've got, uh, so this is just going back a bit. They hear footsteps run behind counter. Lots of guys with guns shooting. Dana sees a purge button, pushes it, all hell breaks loose. Lots of monsters. And then I've got everyone dying. There's a unicorn? And with a question mark? Like, that just, that comes out of fucking nowhere. Like, uh, do people think unicorns are evil? I don't understand. Like, is that a scary thing? No, there was a, there was a, a thing earlier again about the, um, about the zoology stuff where, uh, or, uh, I think it was uh, the chem, the chem scientist Lynn. She said, uh, "These is the no." Truman said, "Oh, is this what the things of nightmares are made of?" Like, no, these are the nightmares that things are made of, or something like that. She did a a, a clever twist of the words, like you know, all the things we oh, fear in yeah, horror. Yeah, he says, um, "This is this." Uh, this is the stuff of nightmares, and then she says, "No, this is the." nightmares or of this stuff or something yeah i get what you're saying yeah yeah i i yep <laughs> yep <laughs> okay um uh, so yeah. uh, we do we see the uh redneck girl she has a name i don't care she's the redneck girl um mm -hmm. she followed them down somehow like um, into the elevator so i we see her um i think when at some point when they go down the elevator we see her slowly following behind and then, you know, we sort of, every now and then after chaos, we'll cut back to seeing her sort of just wandering behind everything that's happening. Um, so, yeah, somehow she went into an elevator and I guess she went down to whatever elevator was put, poised at that entrance after their one left. And then, then um, you know, Dana presses the purge button, which I guess eventually brings the one that the redneck girl was in. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that might have been it. Um, <laughs> it's so it... uh. It uh, it cuts back to uh, I don't know if, if if it cuts back at this point or if they leave the uh, system purge room before this, but it cuts back to Hadley. Uh, Hadley. No, that's um, Hodor. 
So Hodor um, nice. does nice not hold one. the door. He closes it. Uh, so oh. they, <laughs> oof. Um, so it cuts back to them, uh, and and there's these like uh, they're trying to override the system, like trying to break into uh, essentially the, like the, the sacrifice chamber, which I, I assume is some sort of stronghold or something. Um, and the door is blown open by these scarecrows, which immediately attack the uh, the security guard, and uh, they're like trying to trying to hack the system. And security guard pulls a pin from a grenade and just explodes everywhere. And this throws it throws one of them. It it throws yeah, I think it does. I think it throws him. Mm-hmm. Um it throws him and like like ruins whatever he was doing. <laughs> well, he was just shooting people. Uh Hadley gets like just thrown across the room and I guess he gets hurt so badly that he can't stand up. Yeah, I so, don't know about, I don't know. But yeah. So he's lying there, and and like the like the rooms like swimming in and out of view, and through like like the the dust that is settling starts uh, coming like this squishing splatting sound, and we see coming to the camera the merman, <laughs> and he just goes, yes. um, he just goes, oh come on, and just gets <laughs> eaten by the merman. Yep. It's it's, it's pretty it's it's glorious and like blood spurts out of the blowhole on its back. It's pretty good. Yep. Um uh, suddenly Hadley's coworker, I think it was Gary, uh like unlocks like figures out the code or whatever and he opens I was going to say uh his name is um Ganondorf, just letting you know. Thank you. Um so <laughs> Gary figures out the code and uh the lady that was there gets pulled up by a giant giant like tentacle, I guess. Like yeah, I've seen, I've, I've seen enough hentai to know where that's going. You know, I saw it coming, and I was just hoping someone wouldn't, because I was like, oh, that joke is overplayed, but apparently yeah, it's not. Um, um, I saw it coming, too. Anyway. Um. <laughs> so, um, so Gary jumps into the hole, closes the door behind him, and immediately gets stabbed by Dana. Dana yep. runs into him, thinking he's a monster, and he's, like, holding the knife, shocked. And he looks over, and he sees uh, Stoner Boy, and he's like, please kill him and then uh dana stares at him for a second and marty's like what the fuck are you doing and and then they they keep going and they enter the uh marty gives her his gun and he says it's easier with this oh yeah he does hmm i guess he trusts her yeah Um, i mean at this point he has no reason not to yeah that's true so they enter the uh what would you call it like the sacrifice chamber i guess yeah uh it's the chamber above the the ritual chamber i guess yeah, they enter the ritual chamber, and they 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 see all these like figures uh, that have been like that blood blood has been like um, seeped into like the the edges of it, the outline, and they're like then and she realizes that it's all like them, like the five of them, and uh, <laughs> and then Sigourney Weaver shows up. So subtitle superhero. Did you catch what they what the subtitles call Sigourney Weaver? Wasn't she the harbinger? No, she is the director. Oh, sorry, no director. Yeah, Harbinger was the crotchety fella. I'm sorry, I'm getting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she was the one that made the call earlier. Or I mean, yeah, I, she was uh, a voiceover. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, so the weird thing though is that where she comes from in this scene. Did you guys notice? Doesn't she just come from the hallway? No. I thought she. I thought she came out of an elevator. Um. So she just seems to walk up out of nothing. 
and you if the camera pans back and there's nothing behind her there's nothing under her there's nothing there like it's a stone behind her um there's nothing there behind her for where she could have come from oh i thought she just came like from the same hallway that they did no like it 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 it, it like the hallway is behind them when she and she comes from the other direction and she walks up something but there's nothing there hmm. um and my thoughts are that she's supernatural <laughs> she might be Sigourney like, Weaver, if she's the above, yeah, she's the above, and you know, and the below are the demons below that can overthrow her if oh, they are not placated. Yeah, that might have been. That's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, no, yeah, that that was that was I didn't realize that. That was good. Um, yeah, so like she essentially like tries to convince um, like Dana to to kill him, and like she she starts pointing her gun at him. And she says, I'm sorry. And Marty sees this werewolf like creeping up on Dana. He's like, I'm sorry too. And Dana <laughs> just gets mauled by a werewolf. Yep. And then uh, Marty and the director duke it out. And um, Marty eventually like gets the gun and he shoots the werewolf. Because I guess he feels bad for Dana getting mauled by it. Yeah, and, he didn't want to uh, die. and He doesn't want her to die, but he didn't want to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he shoots the werewolf. The werewolf like yips and runs off. And um, uh, as Dana is lying there, bloodied and mauled, we see uh, like these this this girl walking by, and it's the redneck girl. And it doesn't attack Dana, which makes me think like I feel like she was secretly maybe like good because she died like not wanting any of the pain, while the yeah. rest of her family seemed to enjoy it. She didn't get the husband's bulge. She didn't get the husband's bulge. So I feel like she like secretly wanted to help them out a bit. Um, so Dana gets Marty's attention. Marty realizes what's going to happen, and he lets Sigourney take the upper hand and like get on top of him. And then she just gets like hatcheted in the back of the head, and yep. um, and Marty like kicks them both into the abyss. And yep. um, and Marty goes up to Dana, and he sits <laughs> down next to her, and he what is what does he say, Paul? Uh, so there's well there's a there's a couple of great lines here. Mm-hmm. Um, so first he uh, she apologizes. She's like, "I'm sorry, I pointed the gun at you. I probably wouldn't have done it." And he's like, "Nah, and I completely understand." And then they pause for a second. He lights a blunt, and then he he I think he hands it to her. I'm not sure, but well, he's like, he takes he takes a puff, and they start trading the joint off between each other. Yeah, and then he's like. I'm sorry I let you get attacked by a werewolf and then ended the world. And I laughed so hard at that line and then ended the world. Um, and they're talking and then they're like, oh, big, big uh, demon gods or something. It's like, ah, oh, wish I could have seen them. That would have been a cool weekend. <laughs> and then, and then, um, oh, yeah. And then, and then I think Dana says, you know, I don't even think Kurt has a cousin. <laughs> They yeah, could have yeah. ended oh. the movie right then and went to credits, but they yeah. took it a step further, and I love this movie just for that. Yeah, and and then you know, and then they're like, "Oh, I wish we could have seen them." And then a giant hand busts through the, the. Well, they 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 have like this very tender moment where the the ground starts shaking and more rocks start falling, and they start holding each other's hands like very. Bravely. Oh yeah, and, and then, then the ground. Like, mm-hmm. Well, and then they're like, uh, they're like humanity, huh? Maybe it's time someone else had a chance. And then, and then it, the ground starts shaking and breaking, and then the, the giant hand pops up and it smashes the ground. And you cut to the to the title again, and like really badass rock music plays. Yep, yep. Um, and that's that's that movie. 
That's um, Cabin in the Woods. Yep. Uh, we've been talking about this for a long time. Yeah. So we're going to speed through these next segments. <clears throat> um, unless, uh, Don, did you have any, sorry, I feel like I'm cutting off. Did you have anything to say about that last scene? Uh, just that it, it really made, like, the entire movie, I'm like, oh, it's, it's trippy. Oh, they're never going to show it. But they show that fist come up and that hand go down. But yeah. uh, I actually have to uh, bounce to work here in just a minute or two. So, right, uh, so real quick, Hadley would be uh, the person that I most identified with. Okay. And because uh, I felt so bad that uh, he only got to see a merman at the very end, which I. <laughs> <laughs> and I yep. think like if he had just, you know, they, they work on this every year. I just feel like if he really wanted to see one, he should have treated himself to it and not, you know, yeah. was, hadn't been yeah. so noble about, no, no, I need to see it in action. I need to see it uh, organically. I can't just, you know, Google this. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, I agree. All right, and your perfect sequel? Oh. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you would uh, not um, – uh, I would do a prequel. Oh, nice. Yeah, of them uh, forming these rules and, you know, trying out certain things. I'd really love to see um, the Kyoto sequel. Honestly, oh that God, was like yes. – I had that note like four times on here. Like, you know, is did they – like before I knew how it ended, like uh, I want to see how things fared with those little girls. Like did that frog go on adventures? Did it have little <laughs> friends? Did they just become a, a team of little uh, uh, Japanese schoolgirls that it went just... around just fighting demons? It just becomes a, a, a Miyazaki um, anime um, movie about this frog. Um, Absolutely. A Miyazaki that, Ghostbusters. That would be amazing. All right. Well, we better send you off to work, and then we'll finish out. Yeah, sorry, guys. Um, I, hit me up with whatever movie you guys want to watch next week, and uh, be good to go. But I really love this movie. Uh, oh, uh, for the rating, uh, definitely come. <laughs> All righty. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, guys. Bye, Harley. All Paul. right. Gotcha. Good night. See you. All right, um, right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give mine first this time. Okay, go for uh, it. So my favorite character is Marty. Go figure. Uh, mm -hmm. Marty is fucking hilarious, and he is so sobering of a character, and he isn't so overplayed. He is the sanest character there, and uh, I don't know. It's just he's amazing. Um, <clears throat> And just his execution of lines, even just even as as an actor, his execution of lines is is perfect. Oh uh, yeah, I had to dismember that guy with a trial. What have you been up to? Like it is so amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. If I were him, what I would have done differently? I actually don't know that there's anything I would have done differently per se. Maybe I would have taken my chances to fight the monsters, the zombies, and try and kill them instead of going into the the elevator without buttons. Yeah, uh, that 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 is another thing that kind of bothered me. Like, I feel like they could have taken the zombies had they like taken away the their weapons. Yeah, like if because now they realize, okay, these zombies are a thing. Uh, this there's this many of them. Let's try to fight them. Yeah. Um <clears throat> Like, let's arm ourselves. These zombies mm -hmm. aren't super fast. And you know we can defeat them slowly, but instead they get into the uh, the the elevator with no buttons. Um, <laughs> and um, I guess yeah, trying to get away from zombies at the time they don't know there are other monsters. They just think it's the zombies. They're just trying to get away. Um, so I don't know. But anyway, um, my perfect sequel is that when the hand busts up through the ground, it actually doesn't kill. Marty and 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 Dana 
Marty and Dana sort of ride the hand up. And as it comes flying off, they get sort of flung into the trees. And now it's about them trying to survive a world in which all all of the other monsters that these these elder gods can possibly think of and invent. And it's just another survival movie where it's them, you know, trying to trying to maybe defeat the elder gods. I don't know, but um, surviving in that that new hell. Oh, that would have been cool. Yep, maybe maybe. They maybe the old the monsters are, are condemned as you know the monsters that were in the stable maybe they're condemned for failing, and now they're on the bad side of the elder gods. So now Dana and uh, Marty work with the werewolf and oh, uh, the little girl, and you know, You're and taking they've got all the good ideas. Yeah, that's my idea right there. That's my perfect sequel. Uh, give me two million dollars, please. What is um, your rating? Um, and definitely come. This movie is fantastic. I yeah, I enjoyed it so much. Um, it's 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 well executed. You know, it's no a quiet place, but for what it is, it 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 makes so many good commentaries and it it it, it executes it all so well. Um, it has gory parts and parts that I turned away from, as well as parts that I laughed at genuinely. It was great. Okay. Yep. So give me your right. character. Oh, my character. Okay. Well. Sugar Blumberry. I like. <laughs> <laughs> I like how sweet Holden is, but I think he's a little too vanilla, a little too boring. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah, so I will say that I think my favorite character would be... Hmm, I really like... If if this thing could be personified, the elevators. Oh, I do... Yeah, I get what you're saying. I'll allow it. I love that whole thing. I love the system. elevators. I love what they... I love what they represent, what they hold, what they are. So maybe your character is the monsters in the general? monsters, yeah, just the monsters, yeah, yeah. Um, what I would have done better, hmm. Well, I guess uh, as as I'm choosing monsters, it would also encapsulate like the uh, the redneck torture family. Um, I guess what I would have done better was um, like st- stick together, like all yeah. you know, and like go after them one by one rather than separate and just do, you know do one one on one. Yeah, I agree. That would have been a more a way more um, effective. Yeah. But, you know, apparently, they, as they say, as they keep saying, that this, this zombie family have never failed before. Um, but I guess this they time they did. this time, yeah. Um, my perfect sequel. I think something along the lines, kind of what you said, like maybe like years down the line, somehow like all the militaries or something defeated the Elder Gods. Kind of like a zombie apocalypse type thing where everything like dystopian, like everything's destroyed. And like people like living in the ruins trying to survive with like just monsters coming after them. I feel like that would be kind of cool to just see. A, just a plethora of all of the horror monsters. Yeah, yeah. Instead and- of like trying to survive zombies and building a stronghold against zombies, like trying to find creative solutions to build a stronghold against like basically everything. I want to do a D&D campaign now. Oh, I do too. Oh, that'd where, be so cool. Where the world is, there are just known areas of of these monsters that haunt those areas. And you know, you're a, Maybe a mm-hmm. monster hunter going after the horror movie monsters. I mean, yeah, like a monster hunter movie. That'd be cool. I mean, essentially, D&D is that, like, there are gods, like, big, scary, you know, demon lords. Mm. And there are monsters all around, and it's just kind of normal. Like, you just go out and you hunt them and you fight them. <laughs> yeah. Maybe all this, right. this is, like, the D&D prequel movie. Okay. Yeah, sure. This is how the world got really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Oh, and, cool. and I and uh, absolutely come, obviously. Everywhere. Obviously, duh. 
over over everyone. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Um, so that's cool. Do you have anything to plug? Um, not yet, but Are I will be still starting. On NDA? Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, but okay. I will be starting a uh, a live play podcast with my friends soon. And as soon as I get more details that I can tell about that, I will. Now, is that friend me, or is this a different friend? No, it's a different friend. Okay, because you're also doing that with this friend. Hello, friend. Yes, I am. But I, <laughs> I assume I assume you would have said that. Yep. Okay. Anyway, so that's the thing we should they should be looking out for. We'll be doing a sci-fi horror campaign thing. Um, but it's sci-fi mixed with 1920s, mixed with horror, mixed with yeah. It's it's a whole mix. But yep. Um. Anyway. All right. Well, that's you. And uh, what's your Twitter? My Twitter is Elvis Badger. Did or it you should change be. it? <laughs> it should be Elvis Badger. Oh, so it's not that. <laughs> I'm very confused. No, it should be. Okay. I, do you? Oh, do you mean? Did you mean Instagram? Oh, do you not have Twitter? I thought. No, I do have Twitter. I've just, I just never have shared it on the podcast. Yeah, you did. You're I lying. usually share my my Instagram, which is oh. Valerio Rodriguez Vio. Oh, okay. I thought that was Twitter. All right. No, cool. no. Right. Nah, dog. Um. All right. So, yep. That's that. That's your Instagram. Uh, my name is Paul Pano. Um, I do On the Shoulder. I do How to Survive a Horror Movie. I do um, Nonchalant History. I do Spaghetti Cannon Theory. I do Paul and Wade's Totally Radical Journey. These are all shows you can find on the Necropoticon Network, necropoticon.com, um, just like this show. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Um, mm-hmm. So let's say goodbye. Did you want to? Did you want to sing them a goodbye song by any chance? Um, uh, sure. <laughs> Goodbye, we're all gonna die. I like monsters and pie. Alrighty, yeah, woo, woo. woo. All right. Goodbye, everybody. All right, bye. <laughs> <laughs>